Hale Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Harmon, now everybody releases, gets the ball into Shannon. Shannon stolen. Stolen. away, stolen. Puff Johnson lays it up and in. It's a two-point game with 29.3 to go. 89-87 Illinois. It's Harmon near sideline. Hawkins to his right. Harmon in the lane, right hand up. No! The Dindy Lions come all the way back. They charge the forward wreck hall. And the return to wreck has the Dindy Lions knocking off. Dashley right down. lead is down to one and cups trying to save it in play throws it live to tomenaga the turnover tomenaga backing into the corner for three renew to the other end timeout where double hard bounce now the double transfers into the corner and a good find to galloway that was a difficult shot and a lob to Williams for the two-hand flush to start off this second half. There you go. The inbound comes to Lawrence. He'll dribble it out. Good morning. Welcome in to Herd Out Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. That's DB. I'm Ravi Lula. We are live from the Herd Out Sports Bar and Grill, as well as on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I feel well, like you said that a little faster. Do I make you nervous? Like I mean, good, you, you're like, good morning. You I, always, I like, I, li- I do like, I do like a little better pace. You, you always make me a little nervous. Oh, that's cool. Well, you've been mean to me the last handful. No, of days. no, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you were being mean to me on text yesterday. So I was not. Yeah, you were attacking me. No. Well, first of all, that was Jacob's fault. So I took it out on you. <laughs> I appreciate you recognizing what happened there. Oh well, listen. Like I'll, hey, I don't have any problems with ownership. <laughs> like I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna blame Ravi because he apparently can't listen either, and it had nothing to do with you. Yeah, and you know that's all right. We uh, Shane, it's not allowing me to come in, so maybe you sent me a bad link. We'll get. I listen, Linda. We'll get no, you, you, it. you, you listen. Linda. We'll get through it one way or another, but uh, we've got a we've got a nice Nebraska basketball win to talk about. And how are things? That's that, good. I'm good. I'm doing all right. I feel like the voice is getting a little better. We're getting a little on the mend here. From whatever sinus issues I was having earlier in the week. Yeah, how was that? Still a little, you know, it's drainage. You Is know, it? still a little stuffy, but we're getting there. Do you sleep on your back? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mover when I sleep. I'm all over yeah, the place. Yeah, you sound like a miserable person. You don't cook real food at home, and you. I don't cook any food at home unless it, unless it can be done in a microwave or a toaster. I'm not about that life. Yeah. Yeah. Made some homemade pork tenderloin last night. It was pretty much off the chain. That's cool. I uh, ordered pizza last night. From. Domino's. So people will, it's popular to hate. Domino's, especially for the price, Pretty good. is 100% legit. Yeah. They, I, 
was several years ago they kind of like redid their whole i have no idea yeah like several years ago they basically redid everything they do and it's been pretty good since then yeah and a lot more versatility now too right? yeah lots with, of stuff with there. some non get some wings you got some pasta you can go a lot of different don't directions they have there. like um the what do you call the enclosed sandwiches calzones sure but not exactly runzas i don't know but don't they have some of those possibly <laughs> wow i always get the same okay, okay listen <laughs> What? Is this what we're on today? Like, you didn't even remotely entertain thinking. You just answered the question like you couldn't care less what I was no, saying. No, I thought I thought an enclosed <laughs> thing was a calzone. Is this no? Is you no? What do you think? I don't know. Like, are you at least going to take a second to think about what's being said? Did have you ever considered that maybe I did think about it? It was just faster than you expected. Like maybe I'm just well, maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe I'm just processing things on like a Brock Purdy level instead of like a Sam Darnold level. You know what I mean? Right. Do you think I'll need to learn to process things like Russell Wilson or Justin Fields? <laughs> I think a little faster. Is that funny, Shane? A little faster than both of those might be, I don't might know. be nice. So how can the Steelers be the odds-on favorite for both? You know, I would say that's probably not going to happen. No, they won't get both. Right. But uh, so folks are just assuming that I. I'm just. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna get this out of here right now, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be done and move on with it, and we're gonna talk Nebraska Husker basketball and, and whatever else. Yep. Hear the words. Exactly, Mike. If Russell Wilson goes to Pittsburgh, uh oh. I'm just. If Russell Wilson goes to Pittsburgh, that will be, and I mean this, no hype, no hyperbole. Mm-hmm. That will be ten times worse. Than LeBron going to the Lakers. <laughs> oh, so okay. So I, I thought you were gonna maybe exaggerate there and be like, I'm out on the Steelers or nope. whatever. If I could, if listen, if I could make it through LeBron and the Lakers, you can and make it through anything. Jeff Kent with the Dodgers and Juan Uribe with the Dodgers. Uh, LeBron James. I I can. What Uribe do to you? Well, he's a giant, first of all. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I'm out. That's it? That's yeah. all of it? Yes. All right, fair enough. Yes, as Zoe would say. Yes. Um, you got to hear us. It's hilarious. She just has her little It's kind of funny because kids sometimes sort of affect an accent. You're like, where did you pick that up from? Yeah, well, sometimes, like, she, sometimes she thinks she's Peppa the Pig, too. Hello, I have some cheese. <laughs> I'm like, who, who are you? Where did this come from? Yeah, I, I was nonplus with her yesterday. I Last couple of times... Um, cause I, I feel like I'm going to be close to my mileage before my lease is up. Mm-hmm. So I used to take, I used to drop Breeze off and then go get Zoe because he gets out a little early, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So the last couple of times, um, this, this day before yesterday, I took him with me to go get Zoe. So they're coming out and I always ask her the, the first two questions. What was your favorite thing at school today? And how was lunch? Yeah. Things that she can't really give me a one-word answer to. Yeah. I mean, she could, but I I, I mean, I think I can outthink the five-year-old, although it's tough sometimes. Let's hope so. So the day before when she didn't have school on Monday, Monday, mm-hmm. she was enamored with this new salami that I found. Okay. Made nice slice of cheddar. She likes the bread smushed flat. So sometimes I'll use my hand. Sometimes I'll just take a plate. I squished the bread. Yep. Okay. I cut the crust off. Loved it. Had one and a half. Like, that's a lot for her. Mm-hmm. She said, can you do the daddy, she calls them daddy sandwiches. Can you do the daddy sandwich again for lunch? Sure. No problem. 
right? We le- read the menu every day, so I made her lunch. Mm-hmm. This little girl has the nerve enough to tell me that the salami tastes different today, Dad. I think you smushed it too much. Get out. To be fair, did you smush it too much? No. It, d- listen. <laughs> no. Get, get I work hard in school. Get, get, get out of the truck. <laughs> you got to go. She is the most finicky eater. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, day before, day after, it's obviously different. That's kids. Yeah. So anyway, I'm out. I would, I, I can't in my heart. I love, you know, I love Sierra. Mm-hmm. As we transition back to Russell Wilson. Yep. She doesn't strike me as a still city kind of person. <laughs> but I love. Not real blue collar. Well, I'm going to have to wear a few more clothes. And you can't, I mean, you know. Sure. Conservative, blue collar, hardworking. Yeah. Can't. Don't, just, don't see it fitting in? I just can't ride with that, though. Mm. But but can Tomlin, can being around Mike Tomlin, like, straighten you up? I, okay, so what does Russell Wilson need? That's the real question. Because does he need straightened up, or does he just need somebody to, like, what does he need? Because I don't know what fixes he, Russell Wilson. He wasn't bad last year. I don't want to start on that. I don't think he was bad last year. I think he is. He's a, actually pretty good. I think he is a tough hang. I don't know how many. Yeah, uh, but you know what? I could cheer for you, and we not. You know, right. go grocery shopping but together because a lot of people wouldn't want to do that with me. But can your teammates ride with? Yeah, you? see, that's the thing. I don't know, but the Steeler way is a thing. The sure. culture is a thing. I mean, they've they got rid of some really good players that apparently couldn't get, and they may get rid of another one. <laughs> we'll see what happens with old Deontay. <laughs> Pressing, <laughs> but. I, I'll, I'll you know ta- what I mean, though. Like, I'll, I'll take Justin Fields. Like, if Justin Fields wound up in Pittsburgh, you take him over us every day that ends in Y. Is it just the track record? Like, you think there's I think still Justin, a chance? I Justin think Justin's Fields gonna go to work, and he's not. He's still a little malleable. Yeah, I think Russ is gonna be in. Russ. Yeah, that's why I say I don't know what can fix Russ. I, I, I have a feeling that if you get Justin Fields with the right. <sighs> That tonight's going to be a good... That's right, Black Eyed Peas. I, um, I did not know that. Yeah. You also didn't know it was Sloopy, not Snoopy, but here we are. I can't believe I'm about to be 50, and I thought I was Hang On Snoopy this whole time. I think there is like a Peanuts cover that says Hang On Snoopy because it's why so would close. The, what, what, so Charles Schultz is doing covers? Well, you know how they do like... Who from s- the Peanuts is doing a cover? I don't know, like they do songs on their... Charlie Brown grabbing the mic? Yeah, what do you he, mean a Peanuts cover? <laughs> There's music in the show. Charles Schultz isn't doing much of anything anymore. <laughs> R.I.P. Pour one out for our guy. For the goat. Um, no, I... Wow. So, yeah, I think Justin Fields is definitely more malleable than Russell Wilson at this point. And you're not going to be annoyed by... Like, I am annoyed by Russell Wilson's existence. Like, every time he speaks, I'm just like, what? Just stop talking. Wow. Just stop it. I, I can't. You don't have to say Broncos country, let's ride after every interview. Uh-huh. That's not necessary. That doesn't endear you to anyone. That's right. Like, you don't need, that's unnecessary. No. Could you imagine him doing like Stillers beer commercials and stuff? Stiller. No, I cannot. No. no. I feel like it would, he is one of the most cringy individuals in the NFL. So I'm not allowing myself to be all bent out of shape just yet. That's fair, but it's it's coming. Like 
Now, Some, one of those is going to end up in Atlanta, probably. Yeah, I yeah I think those are the two teams right now. Where, where that makes the one, most sense. One, two for, yeah. So if you're the – I mean, okay, so if we're talking about Justin Fields. If you're the Bears, mm-hmm. you're trading him, you're out? Well, I don't know if you know this. Are you a Caleb Williams guy? Let's, let's start there. No, remember, I'm the guy that said I just want to be – Oh, you want to be in the interviews? Yes. Yeah. I love Caleb Williams' talent, but sure. I, I don't – I don't know where his head's at. Yeah, and sometimes guys are just so eccentric that it just doesn't fit. Yeah. And I'm not saying. But I could see that. I don't know if that is, but I could see it. You know him. what I mean? Yeah. Like some guys just have to be, are such individuals. You know what my mom would say? He's an odd duck. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's probably, you know, it's like an older person. But that's kind of when I look at Caleb Williams, I go, he's an odd duck. Like I don't know, if, could he, would he. Conform is such a strong word. But if you're going to transform, are you going to get the majority or are you going to be solo? <laughs> well, and let's, yeah, conform is a strong word, but there is always a, a sense of, and people think of conforming as a negative. It isn't always, right? Conforming your behavior to the standard of whatever, not just the team is, but the NFL in general, mm-hmm. right? The NFL has a different standard of, behavior and And it's long standing for those that have success yeah absolutely in case you didn't listen to johnny manziel which finally shannon sharp had a good club shay shay (laughs) not cat williams this time not talking about shaving sideburns and just just out but 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 hey how about this though shannon did acknowledge he's got dial it back yeah there's no way he's listening to me but i was like you don't know he might be yeah so johnny manziel was extremely interesting yeah but so there is a, so there's a there's a way I think to do business as a quarterback in the NFL mm-hmm. that has some qualities that's proven and successful. Not very many people I can't I mean off the top of my head long term I can't think of anyone who has long term been successful and bucked that trend. Yeah, the closest is probably Michael Vick, but no. he also spent a good amount of time in prison in between there. Not what I thought you were gonna say. What did you think I was gonna say? Brett Favre. Hmm. You ever talk to AG? I talked about, like, Brett Favre strikes me as the type of guy that maybe bucked a little bit of the conventional trend. But did he actually, or did it? I, I'm not, I wasn't around right. him enough. Because, I, I mean, from my, from my vantage point, right, it seemed like, you know, he maybe played the game a little bit differently, but I don't know that in the locker room, in... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I mean. It, I didn't ever get the sense that, oh, he's a weirdo outside of football. Like, I do now. <laughs> I was going to say. You kind of have to be out there to commit, you know, like social security. And, he, and all of a sudden, we're just, like, not talking. About, anyway, I'm, we're going um, to stick to. But the other guy, I mean, another Green Bay guy is Aaron Rodgers. He's a weirdo. No, but I think he still, the dude went to work. He did. He was highly smart. Yeah. Didn't seem to have a lot of other interests that were distracting him from doing his job. At the time. I believe he has gotten distracted. Psilocybin is fine. (laughs) Psilocybin or whatever Psilocybin. That's the shrooms. And darkness retreats and ayahuasca and Dayton Shailene Woodley and Danica Patrick. Okay. okay. He seems like he's gotten a little distracted. And I I can make the argument that for his talent. He was just an MVP three years ago. Yeah, but I can make the argument that for his talent level, one Super Bowl, disappointing. 
Ooh, tough crowd. Can I make that argument? Uh, Are you buying that? I at first blush, yes. For his level of talent. Yes. Yes. That's a disappointing career for him. Uh, sure. I think so. I feel like you're twisting my bad arm, but I'm gonna. I'll ride with that. I I think that's reasonable. Like for Drew Brees' talent level, one Super Bowl makes sense. For Aaron Rodgers' talent level, who a lot of people say is one of the most talented guys at that position ever, uh, there's a there's a good chance it's in the high 90s that if I have a quarterback prototype that I'm building in the lab, it looks a lot, it looks like, Aaron a lot like Aaron Rodgers, and only get one Super Bowl out of that guy. When Eli Manning has two, I, I feel like you're kind of there's you're gonna bring this back to the Steelers again because that one Super Bowl reference is really gonna upset me. Sure, sorry. <laughs> no, you're but not. If, no, you're but, such a liar. No, no but listen, I honestly, I, I, it didn't even connect in my brain oh, that they of beat. Of course, the, yeah. Uh, talk to me reckless off air. Black and yellow, black and yellow. Um, <laughs> the, but. The Steelers are a great example. What, like Lego Batman, black and yellow? Uh-huh. You know what it is. Um, the, the Steelers are a good example, though, because Ben Roethlisberger, talented guy. Not, not Aaron Rodgers talented. Mm-mm. He gets two, right? <sighs> now, part of it's coaching, part of it's teammates. I get all that, right? You, you can't just vacuum seal a quarterback. But if I give you Aaron Rodgers in a draft mm-hmm. – and say, yeah, you're only going to get one Super Bowl with this guy. You'd be like, wait, what? You'd be like, what do you mean? I get yeah. one. Brett you got to be continually pressing. I don't, I don't know how that's relevant, but like Brett Favre makes sense to have Stand one. the gas because he was a little, so he was the, a little reckless, right? So can I go back to something and bring this back to Nebraska basketball with conventional wisdom? Absolutely, let's do it. Because this this was upsetting to me the last couple of days. It was very upsetting. You were. We were fighting about this a lot. And anybody that was in my path, I was fighting with. But mostly me. Well, you just happened to be closest to me. <laughs> so we're talking about this whole conventional mm-hmm. wisdom and how people traditionally think, and this is how it is. And how the committee has not put in a team. So, no, I'm just talking about the quarterbacks. Right, yeah. Right? But this is how, this is how I feel about the committee. And mm-hmm. this is what I was trying to explain to people. Okay. And I kept hearing the, well, it's, it hasn't been done, and you do realize, and, and, in, and I kept saying this. I firmly believe this, because mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the counterargument, okay. which is how I always construct commentary on radios. I'm not going to say I, I, I don't lose a ton of debates, but like in, 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 I'm either going to admit, hey, you got me, mm-hmm. or I'm going to bury you, because I like to work backwards. Okay, okay, so you're working with the counter-argument. I'm working with the counter-argument. And then going back to disprove why yes. that is not bad. Same way that we're going to get into with the playoffs. Why I told you, you better get some conference uniformity before you expand. And everybody thought I was anti-expansion. I'm not anti-expansion. I'm anti-chaos. Fair. Like, right now, we're in the, we're in the verge of chaos. And yeah. we're about to chase dollars and then tell people it's about something different. That's a whole other segment. Fair. The committee n- never, had a, to. never had a team. You know, with conference without a conference road win mm-hmm. hasn't been done. And and I said it's not a rule; mm-hmm. it is a trend. Fair. So let's have the conversation with Nebraska basketball because there's no question this is a tournament-worthy team. I agree. Okay. So if we start with that supposition, mm-hmm. I I don't really want to I don't really want to get into why the road win is all of a sudden the magic quantifier. Why? 
because you cannot tell me, like last, let's just take last night for instance. Yeah. No, let me give you the worst argument first because I'll get you to come over to my team without even the good stuff. Okay, sure. If the final two road games Mm -hmm. were against Ohio State and Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and Nebraska didn't win either one of those and still didn't have a road win, Mm -hmm. okay, and and I want to go back to the neutral side thing, had beat Indiana in Missouri, Mm -hmm. right, not in Bloomington. Are they? Is that a? Is that an indictment? Does that tell you more about Nebraska as a basketball team going forward, because they wouldn't have won on the road? No. Did beating Indiana in Bloomington, watching that game at fifty-one thirty-one, mm-hmm. you're watching that basketball game and you're like, oh, let's now have the real conversation in Nebraska being in the tournament because they won at Bloomington. Nope. Did it change your thought process on Nebraska one iota? Nope. So I wasn't going to keep them out because they couldn't win at Bloomington. No, if you would have said to me, DB, they, they would have a bad luck. And finally, Kevin Kugler said it last night out loud. That they didn't have a bad loss yet. Hey, here's the cool thing about Nebraska. No bad losses. No bad losses. Mm-hmm. I'm, Which not, it, I'm not disagreeing with you on any of this, and I haven't disagreed with you on any of this. But you, we were but we not still you. We still haven't got to the point where you're vouching for the committee. I'm not vouching for the committee. You're uh, we pick pick the synonym, pick the synonym. Here's if you're not vouching, if you're not rationalizing, if you're not writing with, pick me another synonym. Why you're going to give me the committees? Why you're going to rationalize what the committee could see? I'm not rationalizing. What pick the a synonym. Could see, I'm saying. Pick a synonym. Hold on, because you're trying to back me into a corner. No, no, yeah, no, you are, because you're trying to say I agree. If you're if you're not no. doing if you're not if you're not doing it, then what are you? What you're, are you? Just tell me what you're doing. You're trying to say I agree with the committee, and I don't. What are you doing? What I am saying is you don't make the selection. What are you doing with the committee? I I need to know where you're, you're coming from. Acknowledging their stupidity. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. You feel you're okay with that? I'm not okay with it, but it's real. Okay. Like, just because it exists doesn't mean that I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Okay. Like, income inequality, stuff so, like so, that, that so, exists. I do, that doesn't mean it's not stupid. So you don't, you don't think that we have the, we don't have, uh, uh, like, some sort of responsibility to not go along to get along if we don't think that it makes much sense? Okay, there's a difference between going along to getting along and acknowledging the fact that, hey, the committee has done this stupid thing in the past— I don't trust them to not do the stupid thing again. So it's like you, you'll have a conversation. You, you, you'll sit down with the committee members and you'll say, hey, listen, I know that the, the trends, it's never been done, the road wins, and, and, and I understand you wanting to leave, in this case, Nebraska, Nebraska. out. But tomorrow, if, if they beat Indiana on the road, in your eyes, that's a tournament-worthy team now. In there, because I don't think they're looking. No, no, listen, hold on, because you're trying to nail it down to just being Indiana. And I don't care if it was Indiana. I, I gave no. you options, though. Hold on. I don't I, care. I gave you options. I said if it was Michigan and, and Wisconsin. I said if it was Ohio State and Wisconsin. And I don't think they care who the road win was. I don't care if it, I don't think they care if it was Michigan at the end of the season. I don't think they care if it's Ohio State next. I don't think they care if it was Rutgers or Minnesota. And back you, at the and start you of think the year. that's a productive conversation? No, I don't think it's a productive okay. conversation, but I think it's a real conversation. That's the difference. Okay. I think that is the real conversation happening in the committee room because they're going to say, okay, 
Because when you're on the bubble, they're not looking for reasons to get you in. They're looking for reasons to keep you out. Nebraska was on the bubble heading into last night? I don't know because I don't know how the rest of the season plays out. Okay. Right? Like, I don't know what the last four games were. No. Can, can we acknowledge that Nebraska was in going into last night? Yes. Okay. But okay. you don't make the decision four games before the season's over. I got to stay in the moment, though, don't I? I don't, though, because I'm trying to figure out, are they going to be in when the season's over? I don't care if they're in now. That doesn't do me any good. So the next thing that you have to say is, is it's not about road wins. It's about not having bad losses. No, the next thing I have to say is it's not about bad losses. It's about not going over conference on the road. Oh, Lord. In the committee's eyes. Okay. We're going to keep arguing coming up next. <laughs> You heard at Sports Radio. Welcome back to Herd at Sports Radio here on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as well. Coming up on the show, we're going to have Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. He covers all things basketball. We will have him at 8 o'clock. Brian Edwards, our Vegas insider, at 8.45, and at 9, we will have Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7. Also going to see if we can squeeze in a little hurt at hot seat at the end of the show here. Uh, Damon I feel like I, I stay on the hot seat. You're the one grilling me over here by the committee. No. You're trying I, to back me in the corners, trying to. Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> what about Ravi? Does anyone put Ravi in the corner? Heck no. I know nobody puts this guy in a corner. We've got on the War Horse Sportsbook hotline calling in. Uh, a guy you may have heard of, Michael Severe. Uh, Michael, what's going on, man? Nope. Okay. Just no, he's kidding. busy yucking it up with Shane. Are we gonna? I mean, you put him. Hello, friend. Hello, Shane. Hey, that was. I didn't give an introduction. I heard it. Also, I just popped up. I'm like, wow, professional. Good job. No, How's no, no. R- R- Ravi said uh, maybe you've heard of this guy, I, I Mr. Gave Michael. You an I gave Mr. you an introduction. Michael Severe. I gave you an introduction, but Shane's over there just chatting you up over there, so you didn't hear that. <laughs> I'm a lot of testosterone rolling this morning. Shane, once you was ensuring that you could hear me, I wanted to make sure it sounded okay because I'm not walking the dog, and I just turned the corner and there's the interstate, so I wanted to make sure I you could hear me okay, so I could ask my question. Oh, okay. Let's fire away. What do you Let's got? Go. What do you What do you got for us, apostrophe? All right. So we we kind of talked about this once before years ago, but I'm sitting in the uh, Oscars, the Omaha Sports Commission board meeting yesterday just talking about who we're picking for, you know, who's going to be best sports, male athlete, all that stuff. And Stu Poppinsel, long-time Omaha World Herald journalist, yes. historian of high school sports, yes. said out loud, Red Prince is the greatest high school basketball player in Nebraska history. And I want to ask the question, is that true? No. It is that no. Which one is it? Is it Jess Shepard? Uh, she's in the discussion. I, I think you maybe have to take a look at Martise Ivy. I was going to – okay, so – and then what is it? Shatrice Wright, right? We had – Shatrice was – she was fantastic. Now, I, I will say this because I love – so I will say this, and it's my Caitlin Clark argument. Britt doesn't have a lot of comps mm-hmm. the way that the game right. is played. So, like, if you wanted to just tell me she, she's doing more – like more of the game than anybody yeah. else before her, I would say, oh, okay, that makes sense. Be- she, you know, she get she can handle it. She can shoot it. The three point line is in full effect. Mm-hmm. Um, right. 
So she she may be the most dynamic. I don't think it's laughable because she's yeah. Well, kinda, you know what I mean? It's kind of your argument. We were having this conversation about Nebraska running backs, right? That's kind of your argument with LP is he can do all the things on the guy that the guys below him on the list can do. Like, that's the right. argument for Britt Prince. Is she can do all the things that everybody else you named can do. Yeah. Um, I th- Come here. Martise, yeah. I, I think. But as a pure basketball player who probably, I'm assuming, didn't have the three-point line when she was playing, Ivy – was a more dynamic scorer? Yeah, she. I just don't think. I think Martise Ivy was the better. Like, if I had to win a game, and I grew yeah. up, like, the only time I took the city bus, the only time I've ever been on the city bus, was to go to Central with my sister because she was playing. And I, I had used to, like, Martise Ivy is, was somebody that I was like, she's unbelievable. Right. She, she is un, She was an unbelievable basketball player. Now, I I, I hate vouching for Stu because I, I I like Stu, but sometimes he drives me up the wall. Um, <laughs> he's gone pure numbers. I think. I mean, she's if he in does, terms of major the level she's at at B, she would be the highest score probably when she's done because I believe the leader went to D, a D school. So she's, she's sensational. Um I still probably I still would probably take Ivy. Now, Brett Prince's Brett Prince's accolades will be unmatched. Mm. Right. Right. Her numbers will be I I've been going so I go to a lot of central games because I know I you know, saw you the other band, night. And then yeah, so he plays in the band and I saw a lot of girls games and I had an argument with uh, a young Kevin Kugler back before he was all jaded years ago <laughs> about whether or not there'll ever be a woman who could be the 11th or 12th man on the NBA team. Like if they could have the skills, the physicality enough. I referenced some of the girls I covered back at Louisiana Tech and how good they were athletically. And, and then uh, some people that were LSU. But anyway, we had that conversation. I know it was, I was on the hard side of that arguing that you could. But I was at the game last night at Central's game. And their point guard, who I believe is going to Butler, or she's going someplace in the you, Big East. You talking about Anaya? Yeah, yeah, the, little, the girl with the, the awesome hair. Yeah, she, she she is fantastic. She's not tall enough, obviously, but a person with her skill set, like she can shoot a three from anywhere. They she has she, she has she has she has her handle mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Yeah. So I, you realize she played against boys. She's a T and She's a T and E product. She played against boys until she was in the sixth grade. I completely believe it because she's, she's thick enough and strong enough, and her handle is ridiculous. They tried to press her with literally every other girl and two off the bench, and she just went right through it Yeah, she's and was throwing no-look passes. I'm like, so if there's a girl her, her, like with her skill and a little bit more height, then maybe, but that she's the most dynamic person I've seen play so far this year, but I, I haven't seen – Brett Pearson, I haven't seen B schools, you know, I've only seen the A schools. So. I, I, I'm here to I'm here to vouch for, for Prince. She's amazing. I, yeah. I, I watched her give Maya's team I wa- in middle school, mm-hmm. she gave Maya's team forty and she was a grade younger. Almost forty. Oh. Yeah. Like she, oh. she <laughs> she's legit. I, I wouldn't probably fight Stu over that because of her accomplishments. But I still right. probably would take Ivy because I think if you let if you let Martise and I just saw her at Metro Holiday tournaments, if you let Martise kind of pick up a ball and 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 hop into twenty twenty four, she could play this. Right. She was way ahead of mm-hmm. her time. 
Yeah, that's and that's the key. Can you put them in this time? at that age and see if they can play at the speed and the the three-point level of this game. While I have you here for another three minutes and 20 seconds, can I just pick your brain for a second? Can I I just talk the NFL draft? (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to get to that, but that'll be a different segment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking about – Robbie tried to box me in the no. other day about Walter Payton because he thinks I don't like Walter Payton. Oh, I said – not what I And you and I argue about Walter Payton because you have an affinity for Walter Payton. I love Walter Payton, my favorite non-saint. Right. Okay. So let's take him out of it. But let me just okay. go right like rapid fire, like just okay. r- like running, okay? Ladanian uh-huh. Tomlinson or Emmett Smith? Pure running skill, Ladanian Tomlinson, especially inside the five. Ricky or um, Ricky Henry, <laughs> he was a mean, <laughs> mean son of a gun. Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, Henry or Earl Campbell? Derrick Henry or Earl Campbell? Yes. Uh, for four years, Earl Campbell was the most unstoppable force in the NFL. He carried a Houston Oilers team that had Dan Pastorini and nothing really else to conference championship games and almost beat your Steelers if they didn't get robbed on a bad call. Oh, I'm going to take <laughs> Earl Campbell. Um. Marshall Falk or Emmett Smith? See, you do this to me all the time. And as an overall back doing everything, Marshall's one of the greatest ever, versatile, do everything, catch the ball out of backfield, pick up everything. But if you're asking me to line up and run the ball 25 times, I'm going to run it with Emmett Smith. Okay, so here's the last one. Why do yeah. we undervalue Marcus Allen? I have no idea because of the four years do of you, banishment. Do you agree? Do you agree with me that he's yeah. uh, historically he's undervalued? He, Robbie, Robbie, he was the first what we call USA Today superstar. I told him he was, unbe- he was unbelievable. Yards. He was unbelievable. When he was going for two thousand yards every every Monday. They had a, a headline of him at USC going for two thousand yards, and how big of a deal that was when he won the Heisman. Remember, he also chose to play fullback in front of Charles White in nineteen seventy nine, just so he could help the team. Marcus Allen was tremendous, and I wish he didn't lose those four years because Al Davis is a jerk. All right, last one. Rank me: Caleb Williams, Drake May, Penix, and Jaden Daniels. All right, I told this right before. I am a huge Caleb Williams fan. I, I think he's had to play the way he's had to play because his defense is horrible. Um, but I would probably – I'm going Caleb. If Penix is fully healthy and he gets in the right system, like uh, a Shanahan system, I think he could be amazing. Um, I wouldn't want him to do everything for me because he does too much sometimes in terms of trying to force the ball in the coverage. Uh, <laughs> then I would go with May because I think he has an opportunity to be really good. Again, he got to go to the right system. Who's the fourth person you said? Uh, Jaden Daniels. Oh, Jaden Daniels, I believe, if he puts on weight, he's got to add 15 to 20 pounds. He can't walk in there like he is now and play football because the same thing that happens at Carolina is going to happen to him. He's going to get beat up to death. If he puts on weight, he could be great. But I don't want to be biased as an LSU fan. Oh, man. Well done. Well done, buddy. Michael Severe. All right. little, uh, we'll see you later. There. Enjoy, <laughs> have a great day. Enjoy the dog walk. All right, man. Bye. He used to say that's what he was doing to me when we would argue on air. I'm just going to go walk the dog. <laughs> that hurts my feelings. He's, he's actually walking the dog. This time, I think, for real. Um, Mando. I hated, to, yeah, I hated to ask him about Peyton. He loves I wasn't trying to back Walter you in a corner Payton. on Peyton. Yes, I was you were. trying to get context on what you meant about you, Peyton. You almost kicked me out of here after the show the other day. Nah, <laughs> that's all right. We'll wrap up our Listening to Hurt at Sports Radio.
wrapping up hour number one here on Herd at Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We are live at the Herd at Sports Bar and Grill. You are looking live, which reminds me, I have to have a very important conversation with Bill. Okay. I almost forgot. Well, don't forget. I won't. I, 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 I need this place. The Herd at Sports Bar and Grill? Mm-hmm. Well... Speaking of Herd at Sports Bar and Grill, if yes. you're looking for a, well, not you probably, but if you're looking for a game-changing experience, Herd at Sports Bar and Grill, Omaha's premier sports bar, is now hiring. Oh, I would do a little side stuff. At the, you know, the little bartending maybe? No. Like, you, you could probably cook. You cook a little so bit. So Verz thinks he wants me to, like, bartend and stuff too mm-hmm. because in small doses I'm fine. Yeah, uh, like oh yeah, I'll talk with and I'll people. Be yeah, yeah. But over time, like mm-hmm. I, I just can't see it. I, I, I could do the mindless stuff. Like I could clean. Mm. I could straighten up the menial, like just the not the menial labor, but you know what I mean. Yeah, kind of the the monotonous. Like, that's the word I was. Yeah, about. like when I wasn't working, mm-hmm. I would go and he'd say, "Hey, do you want to come vacuum?" I'd yeah. say, "Sure." Yeah, all about it. Let's do it. And I would put the chairs on his tables. Mm-hmm. He's like, "You don't have to." Do all that, and I'm like, if we're gonna do it. If I'm gonna do it, I'm yeah. gonna do it right. Do it right. So yeah, I would, I would come work, and it's close too. It is close. Well, if they you're could, pay, they could pay me in food. I, I'll <laughs> listen. I'll trade for budgeted items. <laughs> well, if you're looking for something and you haven't heard, heard at Sports Bar and Grill, more than just a sports bar. From the elevated pub fare and handcrafted pizzas to diverse range of craft spirits and classic cocktails live events and shows there's something for everyone currently hiring for all positions hey and you could watch television no so you got some games going on as long as you're getting your work done i'm in can i i can apply (laughs) you gotta you gotta ask the boss man uh join conflict of interest i don't know we'll have to see i've never i've never looked into it i'd do it my wife works in the service industry so i was like yeah the hours probably don't want to double up cool right like yeah but I don't know, are his fingerprints on this, is his personality on this place too? I don't know. I'm not sure. Because he's, I mean. He's pretty hands-on. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have to see. But there is a um, chance for you to be part of the excitement. Join the team today. Visit the locations, either one, La Vista or Gretna, in person between February 26th and March 1st, 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. at the Gretna location for on-the-spot interviews and hiring, or you can go to herdatsportsbar.com slash careers to apply. Make every game day unforgettable at Herdat Sports Bar and Grill, where food, sports, or excuse me, sports, food, fun, and live entertainment come together. So I need to get you a teleprompter. That would be funny. Can I, can I ask you guys a quick question? If you can stop stuttering. Just based on what Michael Severe said and Earl Campbell. That's your guy, man. He This dude fawns over some Severe. Yeah. Well, no, maybe more Earl Campbell. Okay. Okay, so he said that he was the most unstoppable force in the NFL for, what, four years? That's what he said. Could that be comparable to Jim Brown being the most unstoppable force? I mean, sure. In the air, I... I mean, I, th- I had to throw it back there because so that, that made so me think of that. You may be wondering why I asked about Derrick Henry versus Earl Campbell. I assume Styles. Yeah, and Derrick Henry's done it longer. Yeah. At a more prolific rate. Yeah, I mean, you're asking the question, it's like, okay, do I want Sandy Koufax or do I want Randy Johnson, right? Like, Randy Johnson, good for 20 years. Uh, 15, he was a little shaky the first five. Koufax, good for seven. 
Kofax the best seven years we've ever seen, right? Like that's the conversation you're having is do I want the guy who's incredible for just a short peak or do I want Well, if you're going to do that, then you introduce all sorts of other phenomenons like Terrell Davis and yeah. Gail Sayers. And You've got all sorts. And so it's, it's a different conversation. I think, you need a, I, and I think he and I, and not that he's like the, you know, the, the measuring stick, but I think he and I agreed because he and I have been having this conversation for almost 20 years. Yeah. And I think he and I agreed for, you need a minimum four years. I think that's fair. Does but that sound right? Yeah, and in the NFL, it's probably right. Because the guy we overlooked, it's I think top five or six slam dunk, no brainer, mm-hmm. is Adrian Peterson, Adrian, and no one brings him up. All day was sick. Adrian Peterson is kind of more my wheelhouse in terms of I, I'm not sure what he couldn't do. Yeah, he well they didn't throw him the ball, so I, don't, I still don't know if people think he can catch. But. Yeah, I don't know if he can or not, but in terms of being a runner, a sensation. I don't know what. Like that, there's not a thing that he couldn't do well, right? Um, that's the kind of like Jamarcus Lawrence last night. <sighs> he had a nice night. So how come you or Jacob didn't say Jamarcus Lawrence for, for your pick to click? Did you see Jacob's? Yes. I don't know if that was on text or tweet where he's like, "Can I change my he vote to Tominaga?" He tweeted it. Yeah, <laughs> he tweeted that. Hey, can I can I change that for pick to click? Which I think Tominaga in that first game against Indiana gave it to him a little bit too. Um, well, he was hunting early. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he had 28 in that first game against Indiana. Yeah. Am I crazy? Yeah. No. Um, he was hunting early, and, uh, oh, my buddy says Peterson fumbled a lot. That's why he didn't put him in the conversation. I could maybe see it. That's, I mean, just, you know, put it out there. Risk reward. High, high reward for, what, for the, what the risk was. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I don't know. I mean, the, Tominaga was hunting early. He, they kind of clamped down on him in the second half. And you saw Nebraska struggle to score for a bit there as they looked like they were about to cough up a, I mean, just a, in a horrifying way. Were you? So what, what did I say to you? It was 59-56, and what did mm-hmm. I say? Just simply, here we go. Yeah, you just said, here we go. And, well, because we had just watched Illinois yep. wet the bed we, against Penn we, State. We did. <laughs> we did. Yeah, and I told you, I said, that's the same team Nebraska hammered. Penn oh. State, yeah. Same team that they just, as as Michael Severe was, dog-walked <laughs> Penn State. He was dog-walking. Oh, my bad. That's a different thing. Um, you know, and so we just watched that game. I was like, is this really happening in two back-to-back games on BTN? Like, is there a BTN curse I don't know about? I'm telling you. Know who my, you know who the most underappreciated player is on that team? Which team? And for Nebraska. And Ooh. for laughs and giggles, I went back because I was mesmerized when he did it the first time. Is it Bryce Williams? What? Get out of my head. First of all, why did you say him? Because I really like Bryce Williams. I think he's fantastic. I think he's really good. So, okay, since you know every gosh darn thing, what did, I, what, what did I go back and take a look at? Because I thought it was amazing. For Bryce Williams? Yeah, it's uh, about Bryce Williams. Um, I don't know. Did, go back and look at Padilla's write-up. Oh, okay, for the Nebraska game? Video and all. Yeah. This is right when he announced that he was coming mm-hmm. out of the portal. He did an in-depth breakdown of his game mm-hmm. efficiency, you know, strengths, weaknesses, and I text him the morning, this, the, in the morning. I knew he wasn't up yet, and I told him. I was in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I just had put toothpaste on my toothbrush, and I said, this guy's my witness. This is a true story. I said, this, it's unbelievable. 
He that is an unbelievable write up. And as I watch him now, mm-hmm. he's my daredevil. He's he's the total reluctant. He's not a star, mm-hmm. but he is very reluctant to embrace how good he is. Yeah. But he is fantastic. We did this really silly exercise. Um, Andrew and I think we did before, I think the week before you came back. and I heard that, the guys that you'd swap teams. And Bryce Williams was my guy. Yeah. Bryce Williams was the guy that I was like, he helps Creighton the most. Because he's got the, he's got the ability to score, but he doesn't have to. He's got the wing length and athleticism. He solves some positional he's low issues. Key kinda, he's low-key kind of cold-blooded, too. Yeah. Like, I think he's like hyper-competitive. How about the pull-up from 18 to silence the crowd on an ill-advised shot off the bounce? That's an assassin shot. That was like, I got this, chill Chill. the heck out. Just chill. I think that made it 61-56 or Mm -hmm. somewhere around there. I didn't love the shot. No, terrible terrible shot selection. I think it was early. And he walked away from it like he knew it was Mm -hmm. bottoms. And... You know, so he he obviously has that ability. He rebounds. He does. He's a great foul shooter. He is my. I think probably my favorite player on Nebraska. I think he's sensational. He's really really good. Good player. Uh, we got real quick here. Michigan Lance. On he's the, only got a couple minutes. I'm sure everybody loves it on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. You got like 90 seconds, Lance. What do we got? Oh wow. Hey, Adrian Peterson. Yes. Is a is a. One of the created players. Adrian Peterson could do everything that you want a running back to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't care about my running back catching passes. Throw it to a receiver. It's called running back for a reason. It's, it's called running back for a reason. Your job is to run the ball. And he could do it all. He can run through you with power. He can run by you with speed. And he can shake you. He can give you a little wiggle. A little two step to break your ankles. He could do it all. He he literally could. And he's he's six what six two, yeah. six three. Like that that dude is literally a creative player. And it and that's and listen, I'm I'm number one Walter Payton, Barry Sanders. But you you got to be realistic. You know I'm realistic, DB, and I'll call it out what it is. Adrian Peterson is the best, most complete running back ever. He he does it all. He's, and, he's certainly I mean, in the top four or five. No, no, just but just think about if you I, no, take I, a step back and think I, about I ha- it. I have to, I have to give it some <laughs> thought. I'm not gonna say you're wrong. I'm not. I'd yeah, love, yeah, I, I'd, I I'd, I'd love to. I, I would definitely entertain him being the best ever. He is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He he does it all. Hey, and Bo Jackson, four years. Get my man in there. No, that's what I'm talking about. No. Hey. What? No. He, he missed four games a year and still had over 800 yards. He, he couldn't even five. find holes to – he made holes. He couldn't even find – I got to talk vision hey, and run. No. Hey, you know what? No. Hey. You're not strong-arming me into Bo Jackson. <laughs> but you but you mentioned Terrell Davis? Hey, listen, he was silly. That's uh, Michigan Lance. <laughs> we will catch up with more Hurt Out Sports Radio coming up next. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Crossover, right, goes up, got the shot blocked, got it back, throws it to Ward. at the buzzer for the win. It's good. LSU 
Defeats Kentucky on a last second. Put up shot by Tyrell Ward. Kicking off hour number two here on Herdat Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We are efforting our friend Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. Talk Did we ever hoops. decide if that was a thing? Efforting? Yeah. I didn't decide anything. It's just a word I say. <laughs> I have no idea. You know what else I say, though, is using your seatbelt saves lives and prevents injuries, but only if it is properly worn. Make it click. This message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Um, we <laughs> he said, I don't care if you throw it to him as a running back. That's what wide receivers are for. Throw it to a wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> throw it to a wide receiver. That might be the best thing he said outside of the bad Bo Jackson thing. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, I you want to talk about guys that are overrated, and I know there's a bunch Ooh. of people. I'm fine with it. There's a bunch of people that are kind of come from my head here. It'll be Shane. And Bo Jackson's overrated. He was one of the freakiest athletes of all time, not denying that. But his production isn't there. Mm. I'm with you. you we'll, we'll get there. What we got? <laughs> but Ricky's there. Shane's the one you're going to have to fight with. I'll fight Shane. That's fine. <laughs> I take Bo Jackson any day that ends in Of line. course, Raider fan. Over who? Everybody. Over nah. everybody? Not. Like on the planet. You're taking every, you're taking Bo Jackson over. We got you. <laughs> You sit over there and think about what you've done for a second. We're going to talk to we're gonna talk Ricky O'Donnell. Maybe I'm just saying nope, that because nope, he's a Raider. Nope. Yeah, you are just saying that because he's a Raider. Oh, Lord. I don't hear you riding for Marcus Allen like that. We're going to talk to our guy Ricky O'Donnell here from SB Nation, talk a little hoops. Hopefully he's not talking as crazy as Shane is over here. Ricky, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Oh, good, good morning. We're doing all right. We're just trying to keep our head above water here with these. Got some crazy takes happening over here, Ricky. Um I have to uh, – let's start with uh, – let's start with uh, – you know, I want to start with Creighton. They had obviously the big win over UConn on Tuesday night. And really, I, up to that point, UConn had kind of been the only team that I trusted in terms of being good on a night-in, night-out basis. As Dan Hurley says, they ran into a buzzsaw at Creighton. How do you process that in a year where – you know, Purdue loses to Ohio State, a, not a very good Ohio State team after uh, Chris Holtman gets fired. I mean, is this just a year where you don't really trust anybody? Yeah, I think it's a lot of that. I also think it's a credit to Creighton, which just has a really tough team to defend, even if they haven't been super consistent the entire season. Yeah. The thing that jumped off the floor watching that game is the movement shooting of Creighton, particularly of Stephen Ashworth, really presented like a new – a way of beating UConn that you don't see a lot of teams be able to do. Some of these UConn guards with pretty stellar defensive reputations like Steven Castle, uh, they just had a hard time tracking the shooters around multiple screens and uh, credit Creighton for knocking down the shots. So I do think part of it is like a lot of these teams now are older than they were when I was talking to you guys five, six years ago because of the COVID year. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, you know, the NIL and the rules of transferring. So, you know, the way that the way you build teams in this sport is a little different. You got super seniors all over the place now, and I do think it's leveled the field uh, a tad, and really it's just made team fit more important and you know, that Creighton team for example, it does seem like all the pieces fit together pretty well. They might not have like what you would think of as a true point guard this year, but they have size, they have shooting, they have a rim protector. These are the elements of basketball that you typically need and 
Uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of factors for why it's been a level playing field this year, but you still need a basketball team that can fit together. Let me go to a conference that the Jays actually uh, surprisingly had a little trouble with, maybe surprisingly early on, but now as you watch it play out. We got into this conference strength talk, Ricky, the last couple of days on the show, and the Mountain West keeps creeping up. When you when you look at the Mountain West and and its conference strength, uh, even a team like UNLV, and I know they just hammered a, a bad Air Force team last night late, but are you a believer in the Mountain West uh, in their conference strength based on the metrics? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the Mountain West, they have some really interesting talent in that league. It's tough for me to say if I really believe, like, they're going to have multiple teams going deeper on. But, man, like, it seems like the most talented the conference has been from a player perspective in a few years. Like Isaiah Stevens has been one of the best guards in the country for Colorado State the whole year. There's not many players in America who could blend scoring and passing as well as he has, so he's been really good. Uh, obviously, San Diego State went to the title game last year. They maybe aren't the same like juggernaut they were a year ago, but they're still a really solid team, so much experience. Ladee has been one Jayden of the Jaden Ladee is tough. He really is, yeah. He's been phenomenal. He's still got Lamont Butler back. And then I've loved these New Mexico guards. Too, the entire season. I think that they're really exciting, just being able to attack you off the dribble with Donovan Dent, with House, with Mashburn Jr. So uh, Toppin is a great freshman for them, too, who's like breaking all of the uh, all-in-one metrics. So I really like the Mountain West. It's tough for me to sit here and say, like, you know, they're going to send multiple teams to the second weekend. I'm not sure. I'm interested in what you guys think on that, but... Certainly, it's been a really fun conference to watch this year. So I think the consensus was maybe there's a little, um, it's not even recency bias. It may be regional bias. I think Ravi probably landed at putting the Big East ahead of the Mountain West and the ACC. So probably, I think, third. Third or fourth. Third or fourth. Yeah. If I... But you, but he, I think he, we liked the Big East as much as the Big Ten. Would you make that argument? Sure, yeah. I think that, you know, those two teams are neck and neck on the Ken Palm, or those two conferences are neck and neck on the Ken Palm rankings right now. So you could probably go either way. But to me, like, you know, coming into that Creighton game, I thought UConn was the most complete team in the country. Uh, especially after the way they hammered Mark Pat. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the Big East just has a lot of talent up and down. Even if you look at like what Kim English is doing his first year in Providence, where Devin Carter has really popped into being one of the best guards in America. Uh, after the Hopkins injury, that's still been a really good team. So I think the depth of the Big East maybe puts them a little bit ahead of the Big Ten, but... Uh, yeah, I think that those two conferences are pretty close in quality this the, year. The coaching prowess in the Big East is kind of silly, um, especially with the Holloways and the English. Like, the, the young guns kind of holding their own just adds to the depth. Let me ask you about a team that on, on good nights they show you flashes of, oh, my goodness, like I could really see the fighting line I make a run. And I know – Coaching gets a little bit of a ding from the national pundits with Illinois. They they wet the bed last night against Penn State. But when you look at Illinois, what are they missing? Because on paper within this conference, they seem like they should be right there. Yeah, I think it's a really good team. Uh, it's an interesting team because they don't have a natural point guard. When you watch them, it feels like 
Marcus Domas, who's about 6'6", 6'7", he's initiating the offense a lot. Terrence Shannon, uh, now that he's back on the floor, he'll try to attack in transition with, uh, you know, sort of early offense opportunities. They don't have, like, that traditional floor general. Man, I go back to a couple years ago when they had Brandon Pajemski and wouldn't play him. And then <laughs> last year, it was the same problem. They didn't have a point guard the whole year. They brought in Sky Clark. Uh, you know, Clark leaves the team in the middle of the season, and they were missing the point guard last year. They're kind of missing it this year, but it does feel like with uh, Domask, they do have, like, another option, some of the other transfers, um, to, to, like, set the offense up in the half court. What's interesting about them is, like, you know, you look at someone like Coleman Hawkins, he can stretch the floor out pretty deep. Uh, he's had a couple games this year where, you know, he's knocked down multiple three-pointers. Uh, he did against Penn State, too, but they still lost. But I just think they put a lot of shooting on the floor. Shannon, to me, is, like, one of the fastest big wings you're ever going to see at 6'6". He just has absolutely elite speed. So I think they're they're a good team. They're maybe not as tough inside as you would like, ideally, and they don't have that traditional point guard half-court organizer, but it's a team with a lot of talent, and uh, you know, I think they have a ceiling to be able to win multiple games in the NCAA tournament for sure. We're talking with Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. Ricky, I've been asking a lot of people this question this week, and I don't know that we've landed on a good answer yet, so I'm going to ask you as well. Who is the worst team that can win a national championship this year? <laughs> wow. The worst team that can win a national championship i got to think about that one you're putting me on the spot but you know like if i'm just looking at the ken palm rankings right now this is going to feel like a cop-out answer but right now kansas is 17 in the ken palm rankings that's what db said db said yeah yeah i yeah i did say kansas they can absolutely win the national title my thing with kansas is it felt like they had four players the entire year when they were starting El marco jackson as their fifth starter since they flipped to Australian freshman Johnny Furkey, it just feels like it's a little bit of a different team. Now, I know that they've almost been more uneven in those games. It feels like, you know, they win one, they lose one the entire season. Yeah. But to me, Furkey is exactly what they needed. He has great tools, is a 6'9 wing, super long arms. He doesn't command the ball, and he just spaces the floor, knocks down threes, runs in transition and is able to sort of, like, muck up the passing lanes with his length. So I'm dropping a mock draft at uh, SB Nation tomorrow. One of my hot takes is I got Percy as a lottery pick. I think in a bad draft, just someone who can, like, play off the ball with that length and shooting and play in transition could be really good. So I like what Kansas brings to the table. I do wonder, like, do they have a true, like, on-ball initiator? It seems like, you know, they're not going to create a lot of looks for themselves off the dribble. They're, like, heavily reliant on passing guys open so that does scare me a little but i still think they have a championship feeling despite you know sort of an uneven second half of the season at this point all right ricky you brought up your mock draft so i'm going to take that as an opening i'm going to i'm going to hop in here for a second because i love a mock draft uh you know i i I look at creighton and some of the guys that were looked at as potential nba prospects coming into the year trey alexander ryan kalkbrenner baylor shireman are you surprised at all at how much at least from what I've seen, how much Baylor Shireman has improved his NBA stock as an older, older guy. guy. Usually by the time you're in that fourth or fifth year, people have kind of made up their mind about you, but it seems like he's taken almost like a sophomore or junior year leap this past season. How do you kind of, I guess, where do you put him and how do you sort of 
how do you process the fact that this is this dude who's obviously older, but he's gotten a lot better over the last 12 months? Yeah, he's really good, and he fits just into you know what you need to do to be an NBA role player, which is space the floor, be a quick knockdown shooting threat, and open up the middle of the floor for the stars. And really, like as much as the mid-range game has come under fire in the NBA, it is the domain of the superstar. Yep. Shea Gilgis Alexander scores in the mid-range. He doesn't uh, even ha- he doesn't even have a comp. Shea, like I'm glad you used him. His game. It defies all basketball analytics. He is herky-jerky, to it, put it lightly. It, He's it, just like... It's unbelievable. We like to call wow. that a funky game. His tempo and change of pace. Like, you can't even teach it in an instructional camp. Absolutely, yeah. And you know what makes it really hard to defend, especially... When he's doing that with four shooters around him. So I think, like, you know, just coming back to Shireman, you know, it's just this era of the game now. You need shooting. Part of me, like, bums me out. Like, I do wonder, would Zach Randolph be able to play in this era? Would Mm. Tony Allen be able to play in this era? Guys who are really good, well-rounded, special players, but they just didn't have, like, the high-volume catch-and-shoot ability. And now you kind of need that to complement your stars. Anyways, that's a different tangent for a different day. (laughs) But Taylor Shireman can knock down a shot. He's got good size at 6'7". He seems much stronger now than he was before mm-hmm. uh, earlier in his career. So I think his all-around game has improved. And, uh, yeah, he'll have a chance to uh, earn his NBA shot for sure. Uh, Ricky, I, I, never, I hadn't felt comfortable in the last week having this conversation that surrounded Nebraska. I felt like and, – and I think I can be pretty objective. Uh, I, I felt like they were in the tournament, and I understood – the talk about needing a road win in conference and is unprecedented. Nobody had ever done it. And but I but I was trying to convince anybody that would listen. It has to be more about bad losses left on the schedule than it did a road win because there's no way I could sit with that committee this morning and say, yeah, you know what, Nebraska won in Bloomington last night. That was way more indicative that they belong in the field than, let's say, the close loss in Champaign. Was that getting ready to get kind of silly with the road loss thing, or was it more about the bad losses? I'm going to be totally honest. I don't have much analysis on this. Like, I think that Nebraska's probably a bubble team. I haven't totally dug into like what their metrics are compared to the rest of the field. But it's been nice to see my guy Fred Hoiberg, former Bulls coach, slowly <laughs> turn that a little bit. Uh, over 500 in conference, so that's good to see. Something you don't really see with Nebraska very often. In terms of their resume, I can't confidently speak to it, so I defer to you guys. But uh, you know that certainly was a blowout win in Indiana last night, and uh, it can't hurt. It can't hurt beating Indiana on the road. Let me give you. A, let me ask you another one. Since you like you, you love the the draft and the mock draft, we got into a little bit of a debate the other day with, um, you know, Ashworth's defense on 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 Tristan Newton and and how UConn is built and and kind of shut not on Newton but shutting down Shram and we got into Castle and the comp and a lot of people have him as a lottery pick and we were just talking about kind of watching his game. I think one of the comps that we gave it was kind of Cam Whitmore from Nova. And admittedly, I didn't see it either, and he is playing better in the NBA, so maybe it's more my eye is just off. But do you see it with Castle and UConn? Yeah, I like Castle for sure, but 
I don't like him as much as Whitmore. Whitmore, I felt very confident, would be a stud. I had him as the top college player in last year's class, even over Brandon Miller uh, for the NBA draft. Castle, I want to like him. I get a little lower on him the more I watch him, in part because he's just a reluctant shooter. Uh, but there's things to like about him. I mean, he's a tank of a guy. He's like a you know combo guard wing, 6'6", six, six, probably 225. He's such a force getting downhill, being able to visit, or finish at the basket. I think like he's going to be able to play physically in the NBA level right away. But it's just tough when you're still such a reluctant shooter. Uh, and he did miss some time with the injuries this year. It does seem like he's gotten a little more comfortable shooting from deep as he's come back. But, uh, you know, still like... Our NBA team is going to guard him on the perimeter, and is he going to be able to beat them if they don't? I'm not sure about that question. I do like his all-around defensive versatility, though. To me, that's a guy who could guard one through three in the NBA. It's a guy who can get downhill and finish. So if the jump shot comes around, I uh, I believe in him, but I think that, you know, he's not a great free-throw shooter either. I think, you know, it's going to be a major work in progress for him to continue to build a jump shot. Speaking of which, tougher transition for a couple of player of the year candidates. One's the odds-on favorite. The other is, is, you got is, me? is it, the other's in the top. Yeah, we got you. You there, Ricky? You there? Hello? You there, Ricky? Shane, did we drop him? I'll, uh, I'll see if I can get him back. Okay. So we're gonna go Rick or Zach Eady, and uh, you're not. <clears throat> Who's the guy you like? R.J. Davis? No, I. Not that I like him. I was gonna ask him about Hunter Dickinson because oh, he's okay. starting to draw some ire now. He, of, yeah. Of of guys that kind of put up numbers but aren't really like there. impact winning. It's just weird how a lot of these players of the year like just transitioning to the NBA game is just hasn't been a thing. Drew well, Timmy. A lot of the players of the year are older guys, right? Usually the older guys are not in the NBA already for a reason, right? And so it makes sense to me to a certain extent. Um, and Edie's a really interesting one just because of his his role in the NBA. Like, I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. Can you win? Like, how many minutes a game does the Zach Edie get you in the NBA? Like, what role is he playing in the well, NBA? That's kind of how I feel about Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, that's fair. Edie, because of the way he looks, it's probably more prominent in terms of the questioning. Yeah. Right? Because Hunter Dickinson at least sort of kind of looks the part of an NBA player. I don't know. Just physically when he's out there, you don't think he does? (sighs) Number one, he's not going to be able to guard anybody. Well, that's – yes, sure. So I'm not sure you can play him. And offensively, he's not even Drew Timmy. No, And and Timmy didn't get a sniff. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Do you know what I mean? No, I I get it. I'm just – I'm just kind of I'm I'm curious as soon as Shane uh, says that we got him back because we got him back. Ricky, you with us? Good. Welcome back, Ricky. Are you with us? Yep. Gotcha. Hey, so let me ask you something because I and it's not necessarily about, you know, players of the year having ready made NBA games. But why do you think whether it's Edie or or Hunter Dickinson or, or R.J. Davis whomever the player, and I'm sure Edie's the odds-on favorite, why do you think it's such a tough transition for those college guys um, as players of the year to make transitions to the NBA? Is it simply because players of the year are much older than than you think NBA games are? Kind of what has it been? 
Yeah, it's a good question. I would say the skills it takes to be a role player are much different from the skills it takes to be a star at a lower level. So the guys who ultimately end up becoming NBA stars, normally they're identified so early in the process that they're not going to stick around to actually become a true star in college basketball. But a player like Zach Eadie, uh, you know, who the NBA didn't want enough to mm-hmm. get him in his first three years in school, like, he kind of has, well, he's just such a unique case because of his size. We've never totally seen anyone like him. But, you know, he just is sort of built to be a college superstar, whereas, like, in the NBA, he's probably playing, you know, under 20 minutes a game, and he is just carving out, like, a niche and a role if he can even stick in the league. And I think, like, we've seen that a lot over the years. I'm almost thinking back to, like, Russ Smith at Louisville, who's, yeah. like, so good mm. when he led Louisville to that national championship that they legally won. And, you know, in the NBA, it's like someone like Russ Smith, you know, they just have guys who are a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, a little bit better of shooters than him. And then he didn't really have the skill set to transition to a role player because he lacked the, you know, ideal size and length and he lacked the off-ball shooting. So I think that really it's just like a, a combination of how guys' roles change as they go up or down a level. And, you know, what you need to be a college star is not necessarily what you need to be an NBA role player. What would you do with Hunter Dickinson? Uh, I don't I don't have Hunter Dickinson uh, in this mock draft I'm doing. I think he's certainly going to make a lot of money playing basketball, and he probably already is at Kansas. <laughs> he's had a tremendous career. Uh, but, you know, to me, I think that, like, he could be attacked pretty easily in – sort of high ball screens in the open floor and we'll see how Kansas is able to fight against that if a team attacks them like that in March Madness. Obviously they have another pretty good rim protector there in KJ Adams who's like a supplemental shot blocker. If you drag Dickinson away from the rim, Percy has a lot of length too and can block some shots. So maybe they are sort of like insulating him. But I think, you know, Dickinson is another one of these guys who like has all this the skill set and the talent to be a college superstar. But in the NBA, it's like you're not really asking what he can do as much as what he can't do just because he's going to be like sort of a, a player in a smaller role. So great college player. I personally don't really see him as an NBA guy, but I think that, uh, you know, maybe that changes if Kansas does become the worst team to win the national championship this year. <laughs> Ricky, real quick, about 30 seconds here with you. Uh, NBA question. Real quick, do you buy the Minnesota Timberwolves as an actual title contender this year? I wouldn't pick them to win the title, but I would say they're a title contender for sure. Uh, I mean, it's going to come down to their half-court offense, right? Mm -hmm. You know the defense is going to be elite. With Gobert healthier than last year, he's sort of able to win on the rim and elevate that team in a lot of different ways. But it just seems like so many of their losses follow the same pattern. The offense just dies out in the half court in the second half of games. So I wonder, you know, can they sustain that? It really comes down to Anthony Edwards sort of needing to go up almost like another level Mm. from what he's shown thus far. Certainly he's had an incredible season, averaging 26 points a game. His shooting percentages are all really good. He's still only 22 years old, though. And I think, like, from what we've seen from Carl Towns in the playoffs to this point in his career – you can't really expect Towns to carry the offense for long stretches against top competition in the postseason. That's going to be Anthony Edwards' job. 
2018. I think the Timberwolves are going to go as far as he can take them offensively. Kind of tough. You know, this will be his second playoff run, I think, after last year's first-round series against the Nuggets. It's tough to expect him to, like, you know, drag the team to the NBA Finals. But I think they're going to have a chance. I think the pieces fit really well in Minnesota, and that's why they're so good. You know, I can't wait to see them in some games that really count in the postseason. It's Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. Ricky, we appreciate your time. We'll catch up again soon. Thanks. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here on Burnout Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities. We are. It's a lot of tension. Live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Yeah, because people are being dumb. You know how I would have. I don't think. You know how I would have came back from break. I would have said we're 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 halfway through the show here on Herd at Sports Radio. Bo Jackson is the best. Uh, we're we're live on uh, you know this station that station. Bo Jackson is still the best. We're still live on this station that station. We're on the hey, Shane, on YouTube. Shane, we're on, on the internet. On, where you can call us. Bo Jackson is still the best. Do you mind? Do you mind stop lying for a minute so I can get us all paid? Is that okay? <laughs> Is that all right? Is that cool? Is there a lot of tension in Yes. Yes. I read it, but my buddy sent a message. He said, so let me get this straight. And by the way, we can get in his NBA fantasy league. I'm just going to say this. I'm going to let you do your read. All right. All right. The reason it got like this is he said, let me get this straight. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. But Bo Jackson is overrated. Talent doesn't equal okay. production. Now, now, now you uh, can come Omaha back men's to basketball the- tonight, February 22nd. <laughs> Frankie Fiddler is uh, just getting buckets as he does, but it is the last opportunity to see your Omaha Mavericks men's basketball team at home this season. They're gearing up for the conference tournament, and they've got Oral Roberts tonight on senior night. Get your tickets now by calling the box office, 402-554-MAVS, or by going to omavs.com slash ticks. Let's pack the Baxter. All right, now to stupid comments that people are making. You know, you could have read that more like, uh, and Bo Jackson is still the best, and uh, he's comparable to Earl Campbell in in a lot of ways. Who would have ever thought I would be the sane one? I certainly didn't have that on my bingo card. Um, let me let me just let me just address. I, I, I feel like he just took a shot. Let me just address, maybe a little bit. Let me just whew, let me just address the Trevor Lawrence size hole or elephant in the room here. All right, so your guy says, "Oh, I say Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent, but Bo Jackson is overrated." First of all, I think some of you all, all might have some like SAT or like reading comprehension problems here. All right, overrated does not mean bad. Overrated means the hype and the reverence for a certain player does not match what they actually were. The if you if I told you that a that a football player who played 38 career games never rushed for 1000 yards in a season, never played an entire season would still be talked about 35 freaking years later, you'd be like, did he murder someone? Is he now a famous commentator? No. He's Bo Jackson. If I told you that a Major League Baseball player that only had 
400 plate appearances in his career three times, or excuse me, 400 at-bats, not plate appearances, 400 at-bats in his career three times, a whopping one-time All-Star, a career sub-800 OPS. If you don't know what that means, look it up. And we're still talking about him today like he's the second coming. He was the second coming. You'd be like, oh, who, who is this person? No, no, no. It's Bo Jackson. It's Bo Jackson. Wildly overrated. Nah. Not as good as Deion Sanders as a dual sport athlete. Nah. Certainly not as accomplished. This is what I'm talking about. And, and not to mention, a perfect example for my Trevor Lawrence point. Nah. Because guess who was prodigiously talented? Bo Jackson. Guess who didn't produce hardly diddly squat? Bo Jackson. Okay? That's the perfect argument for Trevor Lawrence, because guess what? I believe Trevor Lawrence, very, very talented. Generationally talented, one might say. Guess what? The production hasn't matched the talent. Who does that sound like? Oh, it sounds like a, a fellow I just described of having barely played in the NFL. Yeah, we see highlights every year. Nah. His name was one. Bo Jackson. Nah. So you're telling me that maybe talent and production aren't the same thing? Oh. The thing I've been saying this entire time? Oh, wow. Crazy. Bo Jackson's overrated. Does that mean he was bad? No. He is overrated. All, all you people that didn't, that were playing video games in the 80s before they actually had Madden and all that stuff, you confuse the stats you put up with Bo Jackson in Tecmo Bowl with the stats that he put up in real life. Because guess what? This man had 2,700 yards total rushing in his career. I think John Bishop said it best. Total. John Bishop said it best. What did he say, Never, Shay? ever, 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 never. Overrated. 2,700 total yards in his career rushing. Chris Johnson almost got that in a year. Yeah, and they play 16 games now. Yeah. They played 16 games then, too, but Bo Jackson didn't, they play, didn't 16 play 16 games, games Shane, then. Let it ride. Let they it didn't ride. play 16. Bo Jackson never played 16 games. That's what I'm saying. Ever. Never, ever, ever played 16 games. <laughs> he oh. touched it. He touched it. You know why? Because he was never available. He was off playing sub-800 OPS baseball. Have fun, bud. But he ran up an outfield wall that one time, so he's the GOAT. Cool. You seem very hurt right now. You're gonna what are right? we doing? You're making a pretty good point for Bo Jackson over there. He's an incredible athlete who did not live up to his athletic prowess. Call it injury, call it whatever. I mean, we don't give Greg Oden the pass for injury, but we're going to give Bo Jackson the pass for injury. We'll give Sam right. Bowie the pass for no, injury. Brandon Roy. We'll give Brandon Roy a pass for injury, but, oh, Bo Jackson got injured. That's why he didn't produce. Brandon Roy was sick. Well, guess what? Before he got injured, he still was playing – 10 games a year, 11 games a year, 10 games a year, and not rushing for 1,000 yards in any damn one of those seasons. Can we get to my guy? <laughs> I just wanted to talk playoff, college playoff format. And Can we get to our guy here? Why I'm mad at people for saying you Nebraska just, just wasn't point, in the Just dance. point to what I said that was wrong. Just point to anything that I said that was not factual. Point to anything I said. Let's, let's go to Out of Breath, Brian. On the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. What's up? What's up, B? I'm fine. What, what's going on, fellas? I listen. I don't know. I I'm just here for the Man. show. <laughs> you, you 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 sit back for a minute, Damon. I oh, have I been. I haven't. I haven't okay. said a word. <laughs> here we go. Blasphemy. 
Okay, but this is what what I don't like about your discussion, okay. Robbie. Uh, you, you're saying that the quarterback. I ain't gonna mention his name. Trevor yeah, Lawrence. He's a he's a generational talent. talent. I'm I'm gonna judge. I'm gonna say that you're judging that off of eye, off of your eye talent, off what you can with your eyes. Yeah. The uh, the, the stats you're trying to use for Bo Jackson, I, I don't like it because you're using stats to compare him or prove your point. But to me, it's like you're using your eyeballs to judge. Trevor Lawrence, or Lawrence, because he hasn't been in the league long enough to accumulate enough number to consider him even to be talked about in the same breath as Bo Jackson. So if we're going to talk about eyeball, going by all eyeball and what we see, my eyeballs tell me that Bo Jackson was way more talented than Trevor. Okay? My eyeballs tell me that Trevor Lawrence has played 50 NFL games already. I don't need to hear the number. 50 NFL games already. More than Bo Jackson. different arguments. I'm listening. Settle on one. Settle on one is all I want. Either you're going by the numbers or you're going by the eyeball test. You're putting two different arguments into one statement. Okay, but so is everybody that's saying Bo Jackson isn't overrated and Trevor Lawrence is, right? I'm acknowledging Trevor Lawrence hasn't produced to the level that his talent dictates. I'm simply making the same argument for Bo Jackson, that he did not produce to the level that his talent dictated. It's the same argument for the same guy. I'm eye-testing both of them, say, hey, both these guys, super talented. Both of them have not produced to that talent yet. By the way, Trevor Lawrence has played 12 more NFL games already than Bo Jackson ever did, just for the record. So you can't really say sample size is an issue here because Trevor Lawrence already has the larger sample size. <laughs> you mad? He's played 12 more NFL games than Bo Jackson ever did. You seem very hurt right now. Are you gonna you gonna be all right? He started all 50 of those, by the way. How many how many games did Bo Jackson start? He started 23. Bo Jackson started a year and a half of NFL football. 23 games started. It is ridiculous. I don't know if you're gonna get the uh, NBA oh, fantasy uh, invite now. Frustrating. If, if I'm gonna get what? The NBA fantasy invite now. That's fine. That's fine. So okay. you're okay I'm just saying, over there. I, I end, uh, they're making the same argument against Trevor Lawrence that I am making against Bo Jackson. You have to take both, right? My eye test tells me Trevor Lawrence is super talented. My eye test also tells me Bo Jackson was super talented. But talent and production aren't the same thing. Mom, get my nuts! By the way, Trevor Lawrence has, has passed for 4,000 yards in a season. I don't, you know, I don't know if that's good or not. Twice, by the way. I like turtles. Twice. I, mean, I don't know if that's – is that a big deal or no? Is that just – is that not a – I don't know. I don't know either. So we're just not going to get to the college football playoff format. We may at some point. I mean, it's hard to – it's hard when, you know, Got people you. out here talking – out here when people are talking wild about stuff they don't understand. But can, I, can I just – can I ask one question? By the way, Trevor Lawrence only has five fewer rushing touchdowns than Bo Jackson. <laughs> rushing touchdowns. A quarterback. It's not even the same position. Yeah. That's his That's point. the point, that's Shano. His, that's his point. 16 total rushing touchdowns. He's a goat, though. It's a different error. Yeah, an error where it, rushing was a bigger deal. You didn't throw that in there? Where rushing was a bigger deal. Can you just tell me that Nebraska was in the tournament before last night, though? That's all I want to hear you say. Resume. Uh, we're going to talk to Brian Edwards, our Vegas insider, coming up next.
You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Now, Vegas insider, senior handicapper, and fan of the cold Budweiser bottles, Brian Edwards. It's got to be touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Brian Edwards. I don't really love it. Brian Edwards. Who are they using the cream cheese to butter the bagel? Brian Edwards. I'm going with the cowgirl. Here is Brian Edwards. Wrapping up hour number two here on Herdat Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and we are live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We're about to talk to our guy Brian Edwards on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline, but if you want to try and make any of these plays that B. Edwards gives us today, make sure you go to the Warhorse Sportsbook in Lincoln or in Omaha. That's right. You can place your bets in Omaha at Horseman's Park, 6303 Q Street. They can get bets on nearly every major sporting event pro and college football basketball baseball mma golf soccer whatever you can think of straight bets parlays props live in-game bets the whole shebang visit warhorsecasino.com sportsbook or get the warhorse casino app for details and the full list of house rules warhorse sportsbook no bets no glory joining us now is our friend brian edwards here our vegas insider b what's going on Morning, gentlemen. Had to check into the Heartbreak Hotel last night. Did y'all watch any of that Florida-Alabama game? Yeah, uh, to, to um, I don't know, lead that for 30-some-odd minutes probably and and come up short. You, you with you, Yeah. You with it was us? brutal. Yeah. I couldn't believe the start, though, or the – not the start, the way that that game was playing out. Had me thinking for a second that – Alabama was a little overrated. Like, that was at home in a big-time environment, in a big-time SEC game, and they were on the verge of landing egg. Yeah, you know, and um, maybe it, maybe it's Florida's just playing that doggone good right now. They're hot. We have, They're hot. Yeah, we've, Im- we've improved a lot. I mean, so we're 7-2 and two in our last nine and easily could be 9-0. Uh, blew a, a lead in the second half at Texas A&M uh, either two or three Saturdays ago, and and then last night. Did you guys see the replay of that twelve to six elbow that the guy landed on our big guy on that loose ball scrum? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, that's, I've got John John Jones's only career loss. Didn't even get home. Didn't even get the guy a foul. Not, not even a common foul. So I did. I did hear speaking of John Jones, and I know you like the UFC. Uh, he had, he said out loud that John Jones was the best fighter in the game. Who said that out loud? Dana White. Oh, Wouldn't yeah. Wouldn't he have to he's, be in the game to be the best fighter in the game? Well, he's making a comeback. He's gone for three years. But somebody tried <laughs> to convince – somebody, I think – I can't remember who the podcast interviewer was. He was talking about um, Habib. And and he was like, you know, I'd like to have seen him be a little more active. He was definitely right. great, but he said, give me John Jones every day that ends in Y. He, yeah, you know, he said he's fought I, I and beat everybody. That, I think he's had that stance for a minute. Now, I know they've had their differences, but I, I think Dana's kind of said he thinks he's the GOAT for for a while. And, I mean, and he unquestionably is. I mean, I guess Habib an argument, but like you just said that Dana noted, you would have liked to have seen Habib do it maybe two or three more times. Mm-hmm. B, let's uh, hop over to some of your uh, some of the picks you're looking at for college basketball. I know you are 
you're mulling over some of the local teams here in Nebraska, both Nebraska ball and Creighton this weekend. Uh, let's start with Nebraska ball, uh, Nebraska ball, and their uh, their game coming up on Sunday. Where would you like that Minnesota game that you would play? Like, what number do you like that at? Well, I, I'm th- well. Obviously, we'll see what Minnesota does tonight as they host Ohio State, and I'm on the Gophers in that one, and we'll we'll talk about that here in a second. But I, I'm thinking Nebraska will be about a five or six point favorite, and Nebraska has just been automatic at home pretty much all year. And um, but Minnesota again, which I'm about to talk about their game at night. I mean, they're just automatic. Period. Twenty-one and three against the spread. So I mean, I'm kind of like on automatic playing the Gophers right now. Again, we'll see what happens tonight. But at the same time, I don't really want to go against Nebraska out in Lincoln. Uh, But maybe – well, I don't want the Gophers to lay an egg tonight. If they were, maybe they'd be getting a few more points, and maybe I'd think about – I'd probably have to be – need to get at least seven probably to take the Gophers. But as for the Gophers tonight at home against Ohio State, so Minnesota – 14-3 14-3 and three straight up, 16-1 and one against the spread at home, whereas Ohio State winless on the road in seven uh, games, 2-5 and five, uh, ATS. And, um, you know, the big win over Purdue, kind of a letdown here. You kind of get that energy boost with the interim coach. And so I, I think Minnesota, I think that's the best play on the board tonight, minus uh, three and a half at home to the Buckeyes. I hate to fast forward to Nebraska, but since we're talking about it, and Minnesota is, a, is not a great matchup for Nebraska either with their lineup. So that I know you, you, you play the number and, and not necessarily always the matchup. Vegas kind of does that when they set the line. But to your point, Minnesota is a tough matchup for Nebraska. Yeah, Dawson Garcia, he's, a, he's absolute stuff. He's an enigma, though. You know, it's like – and I remember him coming out, and I was like, gosh, if he just would have stayed home. And then he transferred to Carolina after Marquette, and he – his dad got sick, and he just never came back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh. I just wondered how much he liked actually playing basketball. But being back at home, close to home in Minnesota, he appears to have hit stride. Yeah, no doubt. And Minnesota, um, I mean, this is one of the best ATS teams we've seen in years. Uh, you got a, you got a total play that, I, that I'm interested in, only because I talk about this team all the time mm-hmm. uh, in FAU. I, I get the hype. I get the run that they made last year. Sometimes I watch them play, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I could see it. But they can score, and so can SMU. Mm-hmm. That was a big number, though, 53 and a hook, 153 yep. and a hook. What's Clark Kellogg's word? Spurtability. Yeah. FA, FAU's got a lot of spurtability. I mean, they have. They, they have almost ran balls. down South Florida the other day. Mm. Yeah, down 25. And I bet them live. I bet them a couple times live. Uh, <laughs> like, I think I had them a plus 11 and a half, plus 16 and a half. And uh, yeah, they, they almost made it all the way back. But I like the over tonight, 153 and a half. The over's hitting four straight for SMU, nine and two in its last 11. And one of those two unders in SMU's last 11 had. 156 combined points that would have gone over uh, tonight. The over seven and four in FAU's last 11 combined scores like 169, 159, 163, 215, 172, 177, and 176. Uh, I think we will get a lot of points over 153 and a half. B, let's switch gears to the NBA here for a second. Uh, my Warriors, DB's Lakers. 
Warriors are five and a half point favorites. Uh, what are you leaning to there? Man, I got this at minus three on Monday. I just noticed on Monday that the lines were out, and I was a little shocked. And uh, it was before LeBron was out, announced as out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grabbed Golden State minus three. Uh, now they're up to five and a half, but uh, understandably so with LeBron out. And uh, I'm going to go with the Warriors going into the All-Star break, eight and two, both straight up uh, and against the spread. And six of those eight wins by 11 or more. The Lakers, 11 and 17 straight up, 12 and 16 ATS on the road so i will go with the warriors and i've got a money line parlay gentlemen uh, oh lord getting back into the nba action and style b i like it yeah calves jazz kings and pelicans that should pay plus 184 all favorites at home again that's calves jazz sacramento and the pelicans and that's 14 money line parlay plus 184 the only one that likes live action, and I told him this, and it's funny you jumped on this. I said, I told Ravi, I said, the only one that likes live action more than he does is you. <laughs> like, you will kill in-game I, live I like action. A, I like an in-game bet, B. I feel like sometimes you get, you know, if there's a game I'm not totally sure on, you know, the number or the feel, sometimes you can get good value because you see what it looks like a little bit. The number moves maybe a little bit in your favor to the side you were leaning on anyway. I think you can get real good value in-game. Yeah, that and my my uh, strategy is always to try to get you know hopefully seven or eight points better than the pregame number, mm-hmm. and and to always get a number better than pregame. In other words, like let's say Minnesota, I'm on them three and a half tonight. If they're out to an eight point lead, I would never want to take them more than minus three and a half. I want to like yeah. or let's let's go the other way. Let's say Ohio State gets out to an eight point lead, and we can get Minnesota pick them or plus two or three. Mm-hmm you know, value from that original line. I, I, I like playing in-games also. I like getting – I like going in-game money lines. If I like a team – Sure. If I sure. like a team and they get down early and I can get plus money on that team, mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. love I love hammering that money line in-game if I get a little plus money on it. Yeah, I, I like that too. And you can get some very generous numbers. You really too. can. I mean, a team that maybe is an eight-point underdog, it's only down four or five with eight minutes left. You get them like plus four or five hundred sometimes. Well, even you know, like early in uh, early in some games, like DB was convinced Creighton was winning against UConn on Tuesday, right? Yeah. But you've got UConn as a favorite. They get out to eleven three. The plus money I bet you could have gotten on Creighton at that moment early. I think yeah. would have been really, really nice. Like, I like doing that. I don't always wait a super long time. I kind of like getting it early if I think the start is wonky compared to how I think the game's going to go. Yeah, you probably could have gotten Creighton like plus 250 or so at that point. What You said they're down 11 to 3? Yeah, they're down 11 to 3, about yeah. four minutes in. Oh, yeah. Yep. Let me ask you something real quick, B. What did you make of um, the work that happened with, with Volkanowski and, and – about all she wrote, one more in them. Like, what? How'd you kind of? What was your takeaway from from the end of that fight? Well, uh, I think he needs to take some time off. A lot. Maybe. He's had. Yeah. He fights all the time. Yeah, he needs to take like at least nine months off. And there's no shame in losing to Taporia or, or Makachev. I mean, you just got knocked out. It, you had 11 days' notice on the Makachev rematch. Then you took this fight a little too soon, in my opinion. <clears throat> Tabori is a monster, man. Oh, I went to Jacksonville yeah. last last summer, and I watched Josh Emmett get his face beat in, and, and Emmett's 
that still got it. Uh, I mean, I think I mean, we saw what he did to Bryce. Um, Taporia is no joke. He's legit. So I mean, I just think Volk needs to take nine months off. I still think he's one of the best. Maybe move up to 155, but don't like try to rush into a rematch here. Take take some time off, man. That's B. Edwards. You can find him majorwager.com. Vegas Insider, uh, B. Edwards, our Vegas Insider. Hopefully we can make a little money this week. Thanks, fellas. Y'all have a great weekend, man. Appreciate it, B. That's Brian Edwards. We'll talk to him again next week. Coming up next, we've got Michael Brunts, Husker 24-7, here on Herd at Sports Radio. Welcome to Herd at Sports Radio. We're new to the other end. Double. Hard bounce. Now the double transfers into the corner and a good find to Galloway. That was a difficult shot. And the lob to Williams for the two-hand flush to start off this second half. But there you go. The inbound comes to Lawrence. He'll dribble it out. Kicking off hour number three here on our Dad Sports Radio, AM590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. And for hour number three, we're on KFOR in Lincoln as well. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm Ravi Lula. DB will be back at some point probably. We are brought to you by our friends at the Team Jack Foundation. Their 11th annual Team Jack Gala presented by Fat Brain Toys is coming up on February 24th. That is this Saturday, just a couple days from now, in Lincoln. There's many great auction items up for bid. You can find out more and get involved or participate at teamjackfoundation.org. Whether you can go to the gala or not, whether you can participate in this particular event, they've got information on all their events. You can donate directly from the website and find out other ways to get involved with teamjackfoundation.org as well. But that 11th annual gala is going on this Saturday, February 24th, in Lincoln, presented by Fat Brain Toys. Again, check out teamjackfoundation.org to find out more. Joining us now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline, is our guy Michael Brunts. How you doing, bud? Not bad. What's going on? Uh, we're having a pretty fiery discussion this morning about Bo Jackson, of all things. Well, there's been several. Yeah. Uh, R- Rob, Ravi started off by telling me that Nebraska wasn't in the tournament until last night. And not that what I said. The great road win in it's Bloomington not what I said. was more indicative of, of you know, not where, what I said. where Nebraska was. He vouched for the committee. And then it turned into... I mean, listen, if you want to cable news this argument and just not represent things accurately, that's fine. But what I said was the committee is often stupid and does stupid things, and I didn't trust them to not do a stupid thing with Nebraska if they didn't get a road win or two. Yeah, my point was it wasn't necessarily about the road thing as much as Nebraska couldn't afford a bad loss because winning in Bloomington is no more impressive than losing in Champaign. And if all of a sudden you felt like because Nebraska won last night that they were in, that's a committee problem. That, a, that, that was my point. It is a committee problem. I agree, but it's a real problem. Uh, Brunts, there's not a question any, in there anywhere, just thoughts. Well, no, no, Brunts can have Any an thoughts? opinion, though. No, I, I'm just listening. I'm getting caught up, which I appreciate. <laughs> I, I, you guys haven't gotten to the Bo Jackson part. Oh, now that I'm kind of out of. So, of course, Michigan lands cold, and we were talking about somehow it started with severe because he called in, mm-hmm. and running backs came up. Mm-hmm. 
Lance kind of dropped in Bo Jackson late. Well, we only gave him about 90 seconds, which he was yeah. he was salty about. And he had to get in and get out. And Listen, it's I, a hard out. I don't and know what I said you. I did not put Bo in the the GOAT discussion. And then Ravi went off. Bruns, how many how many games, career games, do you think in the NFL Bo Jackson played? Oh, boy. Not many. <laughs> not many. That's correct. Uh. It is not many. <laughs> <laughs> and and he and he does. So the thing about it is, why everybody's mad at him is. So I, my buddy messaged me. He's and he goes. So let me get this straight. Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent, but Bo Jackson is is overrated. And then Ravi went ham. Well, because people don't know the the don't know words, <laughs> and they think overrated means bad. Wait, you said you said Bo Jackson is overrated? Yes. A million percent, yes. Here we go. Wow. That's a take. No, it's not. A, it, yeah, it is a take, but it's accurate. Brunts, if I told you that some dude that played 35 years ago and had barely played one NFL game for each year he had been out of the NFL, because that career number is 38 total games, and we're still talking about him the way we do today, oh. that is overrated, my friend. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't talented. Okay, but what he actually accomplished on a football field compared to how we talk about him is the definition of overrated. No, I don't think so. Hey, th- then, he got, then he got into his – what do you think his OPS is? Career. That, that's, what, that's what we're going to, OPS? That's what Ravi went to, Bruncey. Uh, I'm just saying he runs up an outfield wall and we think he's like he's, – he's Jesus Christ himself, but no. Like I just, I'm curious what his career OPS is. If he's so good, if he's the best dual sport athlete we've ever seen. Are you gonna are you gonna ask me what his warp was? Is that where we're going next with this? <laughs> well, probably not that good because he didn't play that much. So a replacement player just being on the field would probably be helpful. Oh. Uh, do, you know, do you know what his uh, his WAR was? His, his warp. I do love like a good, for his career. I do love a good war. I'll look it up yeah. for you here real quick. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. It's, it's higher than I would have thought. It is pretty good. It's 8.3, which is good for eight seasons. That's not yeah, bad. For a guy that's overrated. He is overrated. I was mostly talking about football, but I'll throw baseball in there, too. <laughs> he only had three seasons where he got 400 at-bats, Brunts. Like, you have to be on the field to be great. You don't have to be on the field to be talented. You don't have to be on the field to be talented. You don't have to produce Robbie, to be talented. Robbie. You do have to be on the field oh. to be great. He's one of those rare people where, like, if I told you like a Bo Jackson story, you would like I could not make it as outlandish as possible. Like that's how good of an athlete he was. Like he's if, if he like ran up a wall with like a, a a group of children on his back while teaching them to read, I would I would probably at least consider that. That that's the wait. Did that happen? That's yeah. what Bruns would say. Wait, wait so was he teaching the children how to hey, read? What, hey, what were the children the, what teaching the him how to read? Was it like Shel Silverstein? Was it Dr. Seuss? Yeah, that was in, that was in the 88, 88 All-Star game, I think. Um, 89 is when no, he actually made the All-Star team, I, I but that's okay. That's, that's the intrigue of Bo Jackson, and I, I think there's very few. No, uh, listen, I agree. Very, I agree. But, it's but, the intrigue of Bo Jackson, not the production of Bo Jackson. It is the intrigue of Bo Jackson that we are intoxicated by. I know, and that, and that's that that's why he he's not. Uh, I, I don't think he's overrated. He, he's not overrated because of the mystery we surround him with. Yeah, that's right. I, I think there's very few people that you can get to that point with. So I think he's appropriately rated. 
I, 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 I don't mess with those people. I love. He's his John delivery. Bunyan. That's that's what he is. It's just this Mister. This is it, Paul. Paul Paul Bunyan. I don't know. John Bunyan was probably a John guy Henry. Too. So John there's Henry. Both. There's Brother. both. Yeah, yeah, and 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 and, a pro, and a, apparently Bo Jackson was both because he's the greatest thing we've ever seen. Brunt, your low key snark is 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 unmatched. <laughs> It is. Yeah. He, he's like, I just, no. Uh, I, I find I find the disparaging of Bo Jackson a very strange hill to die on. No, I'm not disparaging Bo Jackson. I'm disparaging the way people view Bo Jackson. Well, I'm not. Opinion. I think I, you're wrong. I'm not. I will never say anything bad about his athleticism or his ability. Just his actual production on a professional field of any kind. Got it. That's yeah, all. And, and Great commercials, though. Wow. See? Wow. See. <laughs> Robbie's a double down guy. I heard he I heard he played yeah. tennis too. Maybe we should see how he does. So so Brunson he, he would probably do pretty well. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, he struck out 172 times in nineteen eighty nine, so he might not hit the ball a lot. <laughs> I, I I just don't understand why you're getting into stats to disparage Bo Jackson. That's just not the because not what we're doing. Production here. matters. Listen, if people are gonna get all in, and this is where it started. This is where I got mad. If people are going to get all in my face about Trevor Lawrence not being productive enough for me to call him a generational talent, then I'm going to get all in the stats to tell you that Bo Jackson didn't do Jack Diddley all as a professional athlete. You it's, seem very hurt right it's, now. It's, you got- it's Bo Diddley. Oh, shoot. I messed it up again. John Henry. <laughs> Paul Bo, Bunyan. Didn't Bo Diddley, wasn't he in a – he was in a Bo Jackson? Yes, he, yes, he was, Bruncey. Did you see what I did there? I'm old. Yeah, I'm, nice. old. I'm old. I like though. that. Hey, I, like that. I caught it. So, so Nebraska's got their rotation set, and I, I was a little worried about Christo's health. I know they kind of shut him down late um, before the season started, just to kind of build him back up. He got some innings in over the weekend. It was good, not or was not great, obviously. But he gets the Thursday start against. A team that can really hit the baseball is—is is this a good litmus test when you look at how they set this pitching rotation for this weekend? Yeah, I mean it's a—it's an interesting decision. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I think that—that that was kind of the—I think that was the plan even coming into last weekend because you, you had to set things up with the four-game series and with the Thursday game. So mm-hmm. the idea was they would throw Christo Sunday get him ready for Thursday it, it's he's had an interesting year right like he goes to Alaska in the summer and actually was he was pretty good out he's there, good um, if you look at the numbers uh in the fall he was really good you know was sitting 95 um you know had, had kind of found that cutter uh and, and, and pairing the slider with it kind of slider cutter I guess whatever you want to call it um, and then, you know, you get to the spring, and, and things were looking pretty good, I think, early on. And like you said, I, there was a an outing where it, it just – everything was off, velocity was down. Yep. And, you know, I think they're trying to get him back to kind of what he was in the fall and, and just kind of finding that feel of things. And, and I, when I talked to Will in the fall, I mean, the, the changes they've made with, like, his, his delivery are just really slight changes. Um and, and, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of kind of trying to get back to, to that. So we'll see we'll see if he can do that. I mean, I, it, it's kind of hard, I think, for, for fans to kind of see the results that he's had in the past and then kind of trust how good he was in the fall without seeing it for themselves. So 
you know, we'll, we'll see kind of which, which Drew Christo you get. But, I mean, if he's on, I mean, that, that's a pretty good right out of the gates um, starting option. I, I, you know, the, the thing that, you know, I think is kind of happening too, they really like the potential of the, the freshman Horn and, and Timmerman. Timmerman, and, and they, sure. they, they, they threw Timmerman twice this weekend. I, I I wonder if by April he's forced his way in, into the rotation, but I think right now they're kind of doing everything they can to kind of keep him in that that bullpen role that that you know he just kind of has the temperament for right now, uh, without putting too much on his plate. So I think that's kind of how you ended up with with Christo as your guy on Thursday, and then kind of the the same weekend as as what you had in Texas. Brunts, as you kind of look at, okay, obviously they went one and two in their opening. Uh, kind of neutral site showdown uh, down there in Texas. They've got four games against Grand Canyon coming up, then four more at College of Charleston before they make their way back uh, to Lincoln in, in the beginning of March. In your mind, how, do, how does that eight-game stretch need to go for Nebraska for them to be where they want or need to be before they start off at home here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you want to win both series. I mean, I, I think – I don't think those are probably sweepable series uh, by any means, but you know, I, I think you kind of need to start to see some of the results for for playing good baseball. I mean, I, you come back from Texas one and two last weekend. I didn't feel like Nebraska really played, you know, one and two baseball. Mm. I mean, I, I think for the most part they were fairly in control of things. Obviously, it got a little sideways on them in the ninth on on Saturday and Sunday, but. Um, you know, I, I think that was kind of the most competitive out of the gate you've seen um, in a true non-conference since Will Bolt has been head coach. Um, you know, I, I think they, you know, had some arms that looked really competitive, guys that are going to do really well in the Big Ten and, and, you know, in the in the midweeks. And, you know, the, the hitting, I think you've got to probably adjust the approach a little bit. Um, you know, the strikeout numbers are a little bit higher than you'd like, but they were, uh, you know, breaking a lot of guys into new roles. So, you know, I think the next two weekends you need to start kind of seeing a little bit more uh, of the results, I guess, um, for for kind of the way they played. Um, you know, I, I thought that ba- even that Baylor effort, and I know Baylor's going to be kind of down in the Big 12 this year, but that they, they, Nebraska just kind of hung in there and, you know, it was really good in the late innings. And I, I think that's kind of what the staff wants to see out of uh, this roster is just that toughness and, and guys kind of in the fight for nine innings. Yeah, baseball's weird like this because it is so numbers-driven. And maybe I jinxed Nebraska early. It was just the opening weekend. But I think that's exactly how slow bleed there. But if you're looking mm-hmm. at how they want to play, isn't that the recipe, keep it close and win it late for this team? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the way – I mean, just compare this year's bullpen to last year's bullpen. I mean, it, last year it was basically how much could you get out of Shea Shanneman and, you know, maybe you, you get somebody else that can give you a couple innings. And, you know, I, I think for the most part this past weekend, they were able to kind of line things up the way they wanted. I mean, Sunday they had to go to the bullpen a little bit earlier than they probably would have wanted. But, um, you know, they've got veteran guys that, you know, have – have been closers at other stops, guys with, with kind of back-of-the-bullpen type stuff, um, you know, guys coming out of there with, with big sliders and, you know, throwing mid-90s that they haven't had for the last couple of years. And I, I think that will help them in tight games. I think 
I think they wanted a roster, too, and, and a lineup that could kind of force the issue a little bit more than what they had last year. I think this year they can play a little bit more small ball. Um, they've got more speed on the base pass, which helps. I mean, I, I think Riley Silva. Oh, he can fly. Uh, yeah, I, I think he, he really you know had a pretty nice debut, I think. Um, you know, with Overbeek being out with a broken, broken finger for a couple weeks, uh, at third base, I, I think you'll have to shuffle some things with your, your batting order. But, um, you know, I, I think the offensive approach and, and kind of how they want to do things is a little bit more what they have this year than maybe what they did last year. I mean, that's not to take anything away from Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews, but, you know, I, I think this, this lineup is a little bit more equipped to go out and get a run or two late in the game than maybe what last year was where – you were kind of sitting around on the base pass waiting for somebody to hit it out of the park. Yeah, this, the seven attempted swipes, I think, is about accurate for how the season's going to go. Do you think the strikeouts, maybe not so much the ratio, but do you think how this team is going to approach hitting that those K numbers could be disproportionate or chalk it up to just being outside opening weekend? Yeah, they're higher than they want. I mean, I, I think – I think this lineup they were hoping would be a, a little bit more of, you know, put the ball in play and, and you know, kind of use your speed a little bit more. Um, you know, you kind of go back to the fall and, and maybe what guys have done in the past. I mean, Brumba at the top of the lineup, Silva's this way too. I mean, those are those are contact speed guys that can get down the line in a hurry. And, you know, I, I think – I think part of it was probably the, the opening weekend jitters. I think part of it was guys pressing a little bit. And, you know, they also saw some really good pitching. I mean, that, that's, that's the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, Texas Tech has some guys that can really pitch it. Oklahoma, too. Yeah, I've, I've watched them a little bit against Oregon State yesterday, and I, and I, and I get it. You know, it's, it's two ranked teams, and it's a Wednesday game. But I actually think both those teams could be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it felt like – that, that weekend in, in Texas felt a little bit more like what you'd get in, like, late April or May um, from a series versus um, just right out of the gates in February. I mean, Nebraska would be better off for having gone through that. But, um, you know, I think lineup-wise, I, I, I think the, the strikeout numbers were too high, and, and, you know, they just need to be a little bit more competitive with some of the at-bats. We're talking with Michael Brunshusker, 24-7. That you've kind of marked as a potential red flag or area of concern that you're going to keep an eye on as we uh, head into this next stretch. Maybe strike. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, you, you're, you, you were coming into the year replacing two guys that were kind of your – you knew were your Friday and Saturday night starters. And, you know, I, I, I don't know that Nebraska kind of has their, their mix figured out yet and kind of what that looks like i mean i think sears was good i think walsh you know has been through it all i think he's going to have something to say for it um you know we'll see if caleb clark can can bounce back from the start that he had i mean that, that's kind of the 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 question i have is, is who's going to be that kind of third guy maybe it's christo i mean it, we'll see i mean that that's something that they've got to get figured out a little bit um, you know, the bullpen piece of it, too, is interesting because, you know, they, they went to a couple guys twice in a weekend. And, you know, the, the second time around, guys weren't nearly as sharp as they had been the first time out. That, that's, that's something I think you kind of have to figure out sometimes is, you know, who's okay with coming back and, and pitching on a Sunday when you have to get out. And, and you know, having your, uh, you, you know, your pitches be as good as they can be or, or you know, still getting outs when it's not. Are so. you describing a guy like Dice? 
Uh, Dice, I mean, Perry was kind of that way, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know that he was nearly as sharp on Sunday. Um, so, I mean, that that's something I think guys have to kind of learn, um, you know, once they get into the season. I think the coaching staff has to be aware of those things, um, you know, and, and kind of the, the, the order that they go. But uh, that that's that's kind of, you know, one of my concerns. And, you know, the not having Overbeek in there, he was great this, this past weekend in the field and at the plate. And, you know, I, I don't know that there's a perfect option just kind of ready to slide in right behind him. So you're going to have to get that figured out too. Uh, let me change gears real quick to hoops. And uh, Is there a guy that you kind of gravitated towards that you enjoy watching for Nebraska basketball? I mean, this one was easy for me. I, I, I went with Bryce Williams just because um, he's very unassuming. And I, I love his personality, mm-hmm. and he's got a pretty full toolbox without getting a ton of ink, right? Uh, is there a guy that you've kind of gravitated towards? But, I mean, I, I would have said Williams. I mean, I, I think he's one of those guys where, like, he'll have a quiet first half, and he, he, he won't even kind of have a great second half or a loud second half, but you kind of look down at the stat sheet, at like the under four media timeout, and he's got like eleven points and like five <laughs> rebounds in the second half. Well, and the, the the biggest shot that he hit last night was the the pull up off the bounce with not a rebounder in sight. Mm-hmm. He shot it like no big deal, and it silenced the crowd to kill the run. And it yeah. just looks like a bucket, right? It just it goes in the stat sheets as a made field goal. But I was like, who shoots that? Yeah. Well, he always seems to kind of have a knack late in games for making one of, like not even a scoring play like that block last night was like a grown man block with was, his like, left hand <laughs> yeah and i mean he's made a few of those plays late in games in, in big 10 play where you're kind of like okay this is this is the kind of guy that you go into the transfer portal to find like you're, you're trying to find somebody that's mature that's been through it that just makes those like mature veteran plays when you need it and I, I think that's he's been a really important piece that maybe kind of hasn't gotten the the headlines in part because he's like you said, Damon, he's not a real flashy player. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, I think you know when you kind of get down the stretch here and games get tight, I mean that that's a, a really valuable person to have out there on the floor for you as a guy that just has been through it and is, is just you know kind of frankly unflappable and. By the way, it doesn't hurt that he also makes his free throws late in games. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's that's been something that uh, you know Nebraska's kind of struggled with for years. Bruns, is there any part of you got about a minute left here that wishes he'd mm-hmm. be a little more assertive? And because he does have a really interesting skill set, he does have the mm-hmm. ability to kind of take these you know fu shots to shut the crowd up at Assembly Hall. Like, is there any part of you that's like, man, Bryce Williams, I, could I get like ten percent more out of you? I could watch how silky smooth he was on that pull-up. Yeah. That was like the biggest no, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> like a little bit more aggression, you know, like a, just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's a fair question. And, and that's, you know, I, I think one of the questions coming into the year is like, okay, who's that guy if you need a big shot at the end of a game? I mean, I, I think it's probably Williams. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, 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 I think he could probably be a little bit more assertive. But I also think smart player and kind of, kind of just knows where he fits and, and there's value in that. Imagine if we get that. He doesn't have to shoot it like that, but the under control version of Jamarcus Lawrence too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That would go a long yeah. way. You don't have to go 5 of 5 from 3, but 
the handling of the basketball decision making. I'll take it. Yep. Yep. Michael Brown's Hunter 24-7. Brunson, we appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. We've got more uh, Herd Out Sports Radio. That's what it's called here. Coming up next. To hurt at sports radio. Third down and six at the nine. And Bo Jackson to the 20 and out in front. And only one man to beat and easily can't run him down. He had the angle, but there goes Bo. And nobody catches Bo. Touchdown. <laughs> he may not stop yep. the Tacoma. <laughs> He's gone. Portland. <laughs> he just went by Spokane. And there go the Raiders in the final. <laughs> what a scene. <laughs> Come on back, guys. Oh, he was flying. Third and six. Shane, you want to do the rest of the show? Hey, he did that on purpose. No kidding. You think? Dude, our comments are hilarious. I mean, nobody's arguing the highlights. I'm arguing the overall production. Hey, by the way, so, you know, I was talking about Jamarcus Lawrence. Yeah. Who would you be playing at the point for Nebraska? Mm. That's that's a hard question. Because they don't have a true. It is very. They don't have a game true to game point guard. It? Yeah, it's. I think it's a lot of matchups. I think it's a lot how you feel about who in particular. Because there's some games where I'm like, yeah, let's roll Sam Hoiberg out there, where he looks like the best guy in that role. There's some games where seem like Bryce Williams is bringing the ball up a lot. There's some games where Jamarcus Lawrence seems like he's kind of the right guy for the role. That scares me about Nebraska maybe more than anything. Like, if I don't know who that guy but is. But there are some other teams. There are some teams. Like, how many teams did we just talk about with Ricky O'Donnell where he said, yeah, but they don't really have a true yeah. point guard. And I don't like it for them either, you know. I mean, even Creighton, I wouldn't say, like. They don't have a – I mean, I don't know. Ashworth is a Ashworth is a point guard. Pass first? Does it matter? Are you discerning? I'm more talking about, like, the ball handling ability for this particular conversation. As your primary ball handler? Yeah, as a primary ball handler. Not Baylor? Baylor's a half-court primary ball handler. Okay, so who initiates the offense? Especially in the half-court. A lot of times Baylor does. Sometimes okay, straight. so that's what I'm, what I'm saying is is you're still deferring to him as they. Well, so I kind of. Tradition, or a point guard? That's fair. Uh, Baylor is probably. See what I did? How I asked the argument backwards? Yeah, <laughs> Baylor, that's fair. Baylor is probably the closest thing to a true point guard on that roster. But because. Because of his like size and positional ability, like they you don't really think about him that way. Uh, my, if you knew more about how Nebraska wanted to play offense, would that be an easier question? Absolutely, because okay. I know exactly what Creighton's trying to do. Okay, and Mac has done this before, right? Where he's got one guy that kind of brings the ball up, or he's your transition point guard, and then you've got got the guy that enters the offense in. Like I think of Austin Chapman versus Grant Gibbs. Austin Chapman brought the ball up a lot. Grant Gibbs entered the offense, right? I think you see that a lot. Gosh, I kind of see that with our own high school. You see it a lot with, with teams that know what they're trying to do. Yeah, like CJ brings yeah. the ball up a ton. Yeah. Caleb initiates the offense. Yeah, it's a different skill set. Yeah. Right, because the ball handling becomes way more important when you're bringing the ball up. Somebody's trying to put a little pressure on. We saw it against when UConn started to heat up Creighton a little bit at the end there as they tried to crawl back into that game. That's a different skill set than – initiating offense. I wonder why they didn't 
why they don't play that way more often because they have the depth. Yeah, I think against Creighton, they tried it a couple times, and Creighton broke it real easily the first couple times, and so I think they were hesitant to fall further behind. And maybe when you didn't have the rim protection when Clean was you don't feel good game. about leaving that back end about open pressuring the rim yeah because when you don't have you don't really want to overextend your defense that's why Creighton's able to do a lot of things they do defensively is because like Ashworth can chase guys around and be in their jersey because he knows if he gets beat Kalkbrenner's got his back right you can play Mason Miller who sometimes gets beat on the perimeter because you know that Ryan Kalkbrenner is either going to force them into a mid-range jump shot which Creighton's okay with or he's going to meet him at the rim like you, it, it, it gives you a lot of flexibility defensively. And with Klingon in foul trouble on Tuesday, I don't know that Hurley was comfortable doing it. How comfortable are you with Nebraska handling the position that they're in going into the weekend emotionally? Because <sighs> you know I actually think that's part of it. No, it is. And I talk about it all the time, right? Handling success, handling failure, staying in the moment, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think I'm – I don't know. I – that Iowa game sticks out in my head a lot and maybe more than it should after Purdue where they really kind of laid an egg at Iowa after after the emotional high. But I don't know that Indiana is that same I'm, emotional I'm just, high. I'm just telling you is the way Iowa plays. Mm-hmm. I don't love that matchup either. That's fair too. And, but you're also not, you're not coming and, and, off and, and of – And Iowa puts so much pressure on you offensively. For sure. And, and Nebraska can't always keep up that, yeah. offensively on that side of things. And, and – you know, to argue against my own eyeball and what I'm seeing, the high coming off of Purdue is way different than – I don't even know if there is a high coming off of Indiana. See, I actually – I think people are afraid to say this, but I, I – see, I think Nebraska is a good basketball team. I think, I think they are. People just don't say that out loud. They get all sorts of contingencies and what-ifs and because I, I think people – are afraid to trust what they see. It's a, it's a good basketball team with a good record in a good conference. Yeah, they're not a perfect basketball team. There, but there's you know no one is. Yeah, but you, you don't and you don't have to be perfect to be good. Right, and you know what that and that's the part that I don't like about having discussions. It's like the one that you just got in. It's like what you've been saying. I, too often, I think sometimes people say if you're saying something, then you're saying the contrary to what they perceive the opposite to be. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the case. No. Sometimes the statement is just in the, the the statement. I said it earlier this year that for a long time, the reason I – Like if I tell you, hey, I like I like your zip-up. Yeah. That doesn't mean yesterday I didn't. That you hated my outfit yesterday. Yeah. Right? It's like just, if I say, oh, oh, hey. I like that zip-up. Yeah. Listen, yeah. man, I, 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 like the, I like the beard today. It's, and you say – Well, what's wrong with my beard yesterday? You know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes the statement is just in it's the It's the Joe Pesci Goodfellas thing, right? If you say something about, you know, where he says, hey, you're a funny guy. It's like, oh, I'm a clown. I am usually Like you take this thing. Was that the bar scene when he stomped, when he ended up stomping the guy? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you, people take this, this thing that is, they take a comment that is not meant in a certain way. Like Bo Jackson is overrated, for instance. That doesn't mean Bo Jackson's bad. That doesn't mean Bo, Bo Jackson's not talented. That doesn't mean he might he might be the best athlete of all time. Why didn't you just say this is what I would have said as I was listening? Why didn't you just say his the lore doesn't meet the production? That's exactly what I said. Right? Like And I said that to Bruns and Bruns goes, "Yeah, but the lore is why he's not overrated." And I was like, "No, that's exactly what I'm saying because lore to me is is intangible. It's fake. Because that would be hard to dispel. 
it, I mean, it, it's not hard to dispel. It's impossible because there's no, the production, and that's all I was saying. The way we revere Bo Jackson does not match up with the professional career he had mm. in either sport. It just doesn't. And that doesn't make him any less of an athlete. That doesn't make him any less talented. All it's saying is because of the lore, because of the mystery that Brunt's talked about, we view him in a way that is incongruous with what he actually did on a field. Uh, so that's like kind of what I'm – like so with basketball, yeah. right? Like just – like that's a good – it's a good basketball team, period. Yeah. Hey, Nebraska is a good basketball team. Mm-hmm. Like I could say to you, you know, Creighton is top, is top two. I don't care what the rankings say. Creighton is top two in the Big East. And I agree. Right? Like, Marquette is a bad matchup for them, but Marquette is not a better basketball team. Yeah, you take the totality so, And, and of, I, think I, I think I can – like, I feel comfortable with that. Well, and I've said th- – I said this – I don't know if it was last week or not, but there was a long time where I didn't like watching Nebraska basketball because they played bad basketball. Whether you want to go back to Doc, whether you want to go back to Tim Miles, whether you go early Hoiberg, it was bad basketball. I hated watching Alonzo Verge – and Teddy Allen do whatever they wanted and not really have any idea about what Fred Hoiberg was actually trying to accomplish there, right? I hated watching that basketball. I thought it was trash. I like watching this basketball team. It's a good basketball team. They play good basketball. Now, that that doesn't mean they're not going to take some bad losses. That doesn't mean they're going to be perfect, right? But on a night-in, night-out basis, they play pretty good basketball. Yeah. I'm okay saying that. Ah, they're 16-1 and one at home. That's really good. It's really, really good. And it, it, my favorite is, you know, because I said this yesterday at the grocery store. I'm like, you know, there's, there's, there's 60. Because somebody was, they weren't calling me out. They were taking umbrage with the road win thing. Okay. Right? And I said, I, I'm just, I'm not going to reset it. But I said, I'm just telling you. It's not about winning on the road. It's about not having bad losses because there's no one on this planet. And I even said this to you. I will stop talking to you as a basketball guy mm-hmm. or gal if you're telling me that somehow Nebraska is more validated after last night's win in Bloomington as a basketball team than the team that lost in Champaign. It, 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 it makes no Sense. No, I thought they and, played better in Champagne than they did I last time. And I understand the venue on the road, but mm-hmm. you don't play. It, you play neutral site games in March. Yeah, you do. So, so for people to speak that into existence, ah, this doesn't happen, and this doesn't happen, and it's never happened before. That's okay. It's a trend, not a rule. Uh, so, so I'm not listening to that my, conversation. My whole point was, and I think we reached it's some a common good, ground here. It's a good basketball team. It is a good basketball team. My point was the committee is often stupid, and they sometimes let the narrative speak louder than reality, and that's a problem. But new committees every year have a chance to reestablish. They sure do. I don't, tr- I don't necessarily trust them to do that, though. That's, you know, Maybe I got trust issues. Maybe we need to talk through that in therapy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, coming up next, I've got a uh, Hurt at Hot Seat question for DB that I want to get to. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Wrapping up a fiery Thursday show here on Hurt at Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN, Omaha, ESPN, Tri-Cities, KFOR in Lincoln. That's DB. I'm Ravi Lula. We are 
live from Learn Out Sports Bar and Grill, as well as on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, I wanted to – what's up, Shane? I blame Michigan Lance for all that. No, in his defense, he had to get out early. You know he would have argued with me, though. That's kind of what Michigan Lance does. Yeah. We'd had an argument about it, and he wouldn't agree with me, and that's fine. Because if we're being honest here, like if, if we're being honest here, like if you would have asked me that, I probably wouldn't say Bo Jackson. I no, probably wouldn't throw that out there there's, first. There's not – I mean, listen. Yeah, if, if we're wanna, being honest. If you want to talk about just talent – you can throw Bo Jackson in basically whatever discussion you want to. If you're talking about just athletic ability, you can throw Bo Jackson into just about whatever conversation you want to. But we were talking about guys like Adrian Peterson. We were talking about guys like Barry Sanders and Marshall Falk and all these guys who, by the way, all of whom blow Bo Jackson's production out of the water. Yeah. Right? And I say this over and over and over again, and I will die on this hill because it's true. Talent and production are not the same thing because what people are enamored with is the lore, the mystery, the what if of Bo Jackson. What if he did play whole football seasons? What if he did just focus on one sport? What if he did not get injured, right? Uh, It's all about the what ifs of Bo Jackson and not the what is of Bo Jackson. Can you base it upon a percentage? How how do you quantify it, Liquid? Like uh, you take uh, like Barry Sanders and put him at a hundred percent, and then it's just your simple uh, algebra. It's just weird how people say these things definitively, though. Like, and I'm not I'm not shooting down, <clears throat> excuse me, Sauter, like on social media, but he said, Bo Jackson equals best athlete ever. Yeah, like I don't know about that. Let me just let me put I, this like, out here, okay? Let me, let me put it out here, okay? Because I know people make but fun I, of it. But I know, like, that's kind of like the thing yeah. to say, right? Yeah. We, just, we just pawn it off. Because he it's, doesn't have the production to but, back it up. But Brunt said something interesting mm-hmm. when he said, prompted by a conversation with us, he mm-hmm. said, is there another a- athlete out there that no matter how weird the story you hear, mm-hmm. you wouldn't pawn it off as – non-factual based on who they're talking about yeah what we're talking about here is it's i believe bill simmons calls it the tyson zone basically you could tell me any story about an athlete and i would believe it right yeah like like mike tyson strong-arming jordan over dinner yeah like i I over robin gibbons right like i believe that story mike tyson punching down lockers i think brunts is talking more specifically about athletic stories that you could hear that you wouldn't be surprised by you know you could say you know, there was this one time Bo Jackson ran a 39840, and people were like, ah, maybe, or whatever, right? I think he's talking more athletically than, and Tyson's more the crazy stuff. I just don't see how stuff. you say with like a straight face that like Bo Jackson is a better athlete than Deion Sanders. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you can make that. Deion Sanders won an ACC track meet. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He was a great, he was player of the year in basketball, he was player of the year in football. He was player of the year in baseball. He is in the National Football Hall of Fame. Yep. He is widely regarded as the best ever to play one particular position. Probably the best cover corner of all time. He's is, like a is that he's like a career 270 hitter when actually hitting 270 in the major leagues was good. Similar OPS to Bo. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up it's right now. Like, we, we just say – and listen, I'm not here for, for Bo Jackson's slander. I'm, I'm not trying to slander Bo Jackson. Like, that's what I don't think people are understanding. 
I'm not trying to slander Bo Jackson. Like, I'm trying like to. What makes Bo Jackson a better athlete than Bob Gibson? Ooh, that's a good question. No, I'm dead serious. No, I'm, I'm, I am too. <laughs> but, uh, Bob, like, wh- like, why is Bo Jackson a better athlete than Bob Gibson? Because it's more recent. That's, that's okay. the only reason. I, I that's just, what we're doing, right? That's what we're doing. Like, this, Bob, I mean, Bob Gibson is a guy. Go, we'll, Bob Gibson is a guy. And I'm talking the, the, the Johnny Rogers, the Sayers, the Roger Sayers, the Boozers, the Gibsons, the Bennings. Like, when all these guys tell stories, mm-hmm. nobody's – nobody – even, like, guys like Dwayne – like, I'm talking about Omaha legends, mm-hmm. right? When people tell stories about Bob Gibson, nobody goes, man, no way. Yeah, nobody's – there's not a soul – who thinks either A, overrated, or B, they don't believe the story. I think it is with Bo Jackson, though, is that it's the, it's the quantifier of, uh, so you have everything all the way down the line for baseball, for running, for football, like being able to run over somebody, being able to cut a corner, being able to go that fast, being able to uh, break a bat over your head, being able to run up a wall, being able to hit the ball that far, being able to, I mean, he just, the, the, there's a laundry list of stuff and there what did that it hit he him? do. And what did it get him? I, I, again, it got him. I, I it got him. This conversation right now, I still being talked about thirty-five years later, for no good reason except for that we have this idea of him in our head. That's all it is. But look at all that stuff that he could do. That, that it's he mythology. Did at the time. It's the same reason we're talking about Achilles two thousand years later. It's the mythology there of was Bo no, Jackson. There was no mythology about it. That's what he did. I watched every single Raider game that he did, and he always did that in every single game. I don't know. I I, I don't buy. I like. I just. I don't. There wasn't I, a I, lot of games. I'm I admit. Not so much, I'm not so much arguing for or against <laughs> Bo as much as I miffed at. The thought process. I mean, so you're talking. Like that's that's what's kind of bugging me well, the most. He no, could throw, I get he it because I like to know how. It's just my personality. He I, could be in the. I want to know le- how people think. He could be way in left field and he could throw a guy out of the plate, no problem. Cool. No problem. I mean, I mean, cool. th- that's 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 so part of it though. So could Ichiro. That's, Who cares? But, but but he could could he run the ball uh, football ninety one yards? Ichiro is probably in that discussion of things. Did you? You I, could tell me Ichiro could do anything on a baseball so field, I and I believe I told you. you it might have been AR fifteen. But I I told the story how I was watching one of his old videos where he was hitting targets from the outfield at home plate. Mm-hmm. Ichiro's unbelievable. He he was hitting targets mm-hmm. that were set up around home plate from the outfield. Yes, <laughs> he's unbelievable. Like you could tell me anything about Ichiro on a baseball field. Now it doesn't translate to other stuff. You could tell me anything about Ichiro on a baseball field. I believe it. Yeah, I would believe he I, is I capable just, of doing. I just, just curious. Go ahead. Well, so I was going to bring up Wilt. Wilt was Chamberlain. Yeah, incredible track athlete, high jumper, like incredible. We don't count that. Jim Jim Brown, right? Jim Brown. You want to go like way back at somebody brought up Jim Thorpe, right? We're not going to talk about Jackie Robinson as the best athlete of all time. Probably not, but I get where you're going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, though? you're just throwing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like my Miami thing yesterday. I'm not going to hold you to it because I get the point. Guys, I get the point. Right, but we this guy who has dramatically less production than anybody we're talking about. Yeah, just gets the nod as oh, best athlete of all time. You know why? It's because our brains, and I'm not I'm not hating on anybody here, but our brains can't quantify the fact that he didn't produce more than he did as a professional athlete. So we have to label him with something else to justify what our eyes told us. What were you going to tell me about Dion? Uh, 711 uh, OPS as opposed to 784 
for so you're in the same neighborhood as Bo Jackson, except for he did it over uh, let's see an actual whole career as an MLB player. I mean, Howie, Howie Long once said, "There's nothing." I get it. Nothing. 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 Nothing overrated about Bo Jackson. Oh, so no, if Howie Long said it, then one of the greatest down linemen of all time. But that I don't care what that doesn't make him an expert on, on anything. Michael Jordan is the best basketball player of all time. He's the worst GM I've ever seen in my life. That's not true, but I get. He's the bad. He's a very bad GM. I okay, get, I get it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, that's right. Like, because David Kahn exists, so it's not Michael Jordan's not the worst hey, GM of all time. My man B Square, he wants me to ask if you'd stop yelling. I will not. <laughs> By the way, boys, uh, the. The fillets at Fairway. Yeah. Do that. Made fish sandwiches. We're not going to get to the question I wanted to ask you, <laughs> but my buddy, my buddy texted me, and so I have to. I'm going to ask you the question. Okay. He, uh, where do you stand on pizza rolls, in or out? On pizza rolls? Yeah, like the Totina's little pizza or whatever. You can make them yourself. I don't care. They're probably overrated too. A little pizza rolls. Uh, in. In on pizza rolls? In. I'm a little surprised because there's a little bread there. There's some carbs. For what they are. They're good, though. For what they they're are. They're tasty. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. They will light your mouth on fire. Definitely not openly choosing it, but I'm not going to But if there's like, some pizza rolls around, you're like, yeah, I'll mess with that. That's not the kind of business I'd stand on. I would probably be more in on pizza rolls than out. Okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. I'm, shoot, I'd eat fish sticks. My wife loves fish sticks. Yeah, I don't pizza. know what it is. I think it's like growing up Catholic. She was... <laughs> Like, they would get, you know, they Lent and whatever. And so she has this weird. I'll eat some bad food. It's just there's other things I would eat. But if, For I, sure. had, if I had to choose in or out, probably in on pizza rolls. All right, we got 90 seconds here. I have a different question for you. All right, so the lottery is at like half a billion dollars almost, whatever, right? Yes. So I assume you'd be one of those people that if you win the lottery, you're not telling a soul. Not a soul. But there'd be, what would the subtle signs be? Like, what are some things that if somebody knows you real well? I would move. You'd just be gone? Get out of here? Yeah. Like, out of the city? Like, yes. Okay. I, I would move. You taking, you taking mom with you? Who, where are you going? I, she could do what she wants. Okay. I won't tell her what to do, but she could have whatever she wanted. You give her the opportunity to be like, hey. Yeah. Do you want to be close to me? Do you not? Don't want to leave you hanging here, but you get out. Yeah. Uh, she's a creature of habit, so she won't ask for much. Yeah. And she'd probably pick to be around where as much of her family is. Yeah. I would not. Where are you going? Uh, someplace where I could see orcas or sharks. <laughs> It always comes back to the killer whales. My guy always wants to see some serial killers in the sea. <laughs> That's what this is. Perfect hunting machine. Are you good? <laughs> Not as much as dragonflies. I wouldn't like get like a helicopter or a plane or anything. No. Mm-mm. I think I would. St- I think I'd still. I think I'd still do this. I want a self-contained where I wouldn't have to be around. I like. You don't want to be around people. Anymore. If I didn't have to be like, if I just wanted to shut it down and hide out, like yeah. I could. You don't want to be around people anymore. I'd build an underground bunker, like, oh boy. For sure. Is it Zuckerberg that has the fortress underground? Probably. I'd do that. I don't know. So you're going to go all, You're gonna go full Zuckerberg on us? Is that yeah, what? I would still work. I would have to be productive. Though. Yeah. yeah. You're going to do the remote show from your bunker? Do you know how depressing it was to know that my daily accomplishments would either be getting groceries or paying bills? <laughs> hey. That was very sad. Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I was like, there's got to be more to life than this. We're going to wrap up the show ne- uh, the, the week next or tomorrow. I don't know. We're You're flustered. I, <laughs> Bo Jackson, not that good. <laughs> Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. 
Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.